Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch, here with Destin Soblo Frazier. And XT and AEW better watch it back. They got an hour long pandemic episode of South Park. Bring your Yeah, I was hearing something about that. I haven't watched that show in years, though. Aside from the game playing that we don't have, I don't really get too much into that anymore. But, yeah. So, it's been an interesting week. There's been a lot of extra stuff, returns in wrestling that have happened in both Ring of Honor and New Japan, and I'm very excited to talk to you guys about it, as well as some news and some unfortunate stuff happening with the outbreaks and anger and hatred across the realm. <sighs> yeah. So, uh, thank you to everyone who joined us last night for that uh, Clash of Champions post show. Glad it wasn't a total disappointment to everybody. Shout out to the chat room right now. Everyone live will shout you out at the end of the show, of course. And then, of course, all of you listening on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio, of course, live on Twitch.tv slash TalkBunch, as well as Facebook. Dot com slash talk brunch and talkbrunch.com and every other platform that you're able to find us at. Welcome on. Thank you for being here. Hi. <laughs> so, uh, did you hear about, uh, I know we spoke about this. We kind of opened this last week, so it's kind of redundant two weeks in a row, but did you hear more stuff about the uh, Gallows and Anderson cartoon? Oh, God. I've heard this a little bit more. But I purposely waited until tonight to try to find out what it was. Yeah, they put out a couple more teasers here. Let me bring them up oh, on Tron. God. Launching on Tron for the first time in the evening. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny how it kind of reminds me of the uh, the Camp WWE style of stuff, except clearly it's going to be like adult oriented, you know? Yeah, the, yeah, this one, uh, you can't let this one babysit your kids, ladies and gentlemen. No, definitely not. All right, here we go. Your kids will come out big dip. <laughs> You wouldn't believe the day I've had. Uh, boss. I swear, I'll fire all of them. Boss? Nobody's safe. They'll all be fired. Boss. What? What is the gimmicks, hmm? What the hell are you talking about? Oh, my God. Chico, Sex, Chad. Look at these losers posting reels to Instagram like a couple of teenage girls. Should I start posting reels, Buzzwell? No! Listen to me! These guys are nobodies, losers, has-beens, but I, I am a legend! They are never gonna be on my level, you hear me? Never! Never on my level! Never! 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 What the fuck? Well, that was interesting. Triple H's portrayal was not accurate. I'll say in his defense. I thought that was Cass. <laughs> no, that was Triple H. I saw the beard and I was like, no. He was. <laughs> Ridiculous. Cass never got that close to Vince. <laughs> that wouldn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I, was, uh, maybe, but... 
I wonder if they if this is one of those things where they can put up like a copyright deal, like can WWE bust their balls about that? They'll try. And they may try, they may succeed. I mean, this is the same company that tries to copyright real people's names. To copyright anything, they'll copyright your soul if it's possible. You can't have my shit. Copyright on your soul. Fuck it. Yep, writing it down. <laughs> it could happen, you know. I wouldn't be surprised. But uh yeah, I don't know at this point. What it, what are their names? Their names are Mr. Mike, M-I-C, so I'm guessing Mr. Mick is what they're saying. Instead of saying Vince McMahon, they call that guy Mr. Mick. And uh, the other guy's Triple Ha. Huh? Triple Ha? Huh? That's like yeah, you had a stroke in the middle of saying Triple A's Triple Ha. Huh? <laughs> it says the, 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 the title of it is Mr. Mick and Triple Ha huh? discover, <laughs> discover Chico, Chad Too Bad, and Sex Ferguson's new hobby. <laughs> That sounds like an episode drawn together gone terribly wrong. Like, Gotta be careful with WWE, though. They have the production to do something. Like, if I had the power of WWE by now, and I know they'd get heat for it, but whatever. They're in the hot seat anyway. Sometimes when you're already on fire, you may as well run through the flames. And this is one of those things where how is there not an animated show called Jobbers? And it's just a cartoon about people that they've released and they just change their names and they show the incompetent shit that they did from their perspective. Because that would involve them spending money. You know what I mean? Like, this is a company that <laughs> loves taking jabs at people. How haven't they thought of jobbers already? And then it's it's the same indirect way there where people won't know who they're talking about, but they will. Like, would they do it? WWE jobbers. Coming to the free version of WWE Network. Now it can happen. There you go, Stacey, because don't be a bully, be a star. But they're not being bullies. They would they could say some corporate shit like they always do, that you know, that this is a portrayal, parody portrayal in the in the spirit of humor and blah blah blah. WWE takes all of its stuff seriously otherwise and does not reflect, you know, you know the kind of sass they'll put on that shit. I'm just surprised they haven't yet. We may have given it to them here though, just now. I no, you know, no, no more, maybe, man. You know what's, you know what I've noticed about the about the Thunderdome? You notice anything different? No, smaller I mean, fucking screens. That's what. Uh, yeah. Look at this. I Remember, I kept AEW saying, I wish I had my own audio. Remember, I kept saying what well, that I'd feel a little bit better if the screens were smaller and people's faces weren't so <laughs> big because if there was a crowd that I wouldn't be able to see big heads like that. Yeah. And now the screens are smaller and you can see more of them and it looks more like a crowd. Look at that. <laughs> That's all I've been saying. And I didn't have to work there to, to think about that when it, when it happened, you know? Like smaller screens, man. If you're trying to well, go for crowd effect, why are they so big? Well, if that's the case, I'm going to need these little fuck faces to start running us these checks, all right? These ideas ain't free. Motherfuckers got bills and shit. Yeah, so next thing you know, they're going to do jobbers, the show. I demand 25% of the royalties, and I get to fire one person. Sweaty, you done. Wow. I don't know. There's a lot of other people I would fire before him. You know what? The, the hurt business thing actually works. Who would, who would have thought? But that, there's nothing really wrong with that. It's the world around them that sucks. Actually, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so actually now I think about it, um, strike that, uh, what's the guy? What's his tit? It's, uh, shit. There's so many. Oh, yeah. Ziggles, you done. Yeah. I don't really have a use for him right now either. He's been showing the world now for over a decade. It's the same exact thing. You know, it okay, didn't. It, that's the motherfucker that brings his imaginary friend to show and tell. Aw. So, uh, <laughs> you know him, right? <laughs> yeah. So apparently Enzo is also in that thing. That Mick, that Mr. Mick Triple Ha huh? <laughs> shit that they're doing. 
Oh, you mean swole, Joe? Because that motherfucker is like three times bigger than he was when he left. Well, I guess we're going to see because he, he dropped something. Ain't nobody want to step to the gang. Nobody want to step to the gang. Except for me. Bada boom. Realist cartoon in a room. How you yeah, doing? What the hell happened it's to him? It's the bond. The freaking bond. How do you That's do that? Right. I got a cartoon coming out. Follow at the real gimmicks. All right. I also got a guy. Listen,不知道什么时候，我们的父母辈，我们的父母辈，我们的父母辈，我们的父母辈，我们的父母辈，我们的父母辈，我们的父母辈，我们的父母辈，我们的父母辈，我们的父母辈，我们的父母辈，
if it was like no big deal by now he would have been like you know what don't really but he, he had to have i mean the match had to be stopped a whole bunch of signs that it's serious i'm not trying to be pessimistic or anything but the match had to be stopped really fast. And then it was confirmed an injury. It wasn't like when Mickey James was like, no, I was fine. I was selling. It was more like, nope, he was fucked up. And then afterwards, all the medics. It's, were not, there. it's not like a Triple H thing where he finished the match. Well, I mean, I nothing's going to ever be like a Triple H thing where he finishes the match. That's yeah. not even supposed yeah, should, That shouldn't be possible when you really think about it. There's just something wrong with Triple H. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, think about it. It's like whenever you watch one of Triple H's injuries, there'll be something like he tore a quad or, or whatever. And still hit somebody with like six like, categories afterwards. Like they'll be like a jumping knee strike afterwards. They'll be like the face buster afterwards. They'll be like a drop toe hold. <laughs> they'll be a superplex. The second be... time he tore his quad, he fucking pedigreed edge on an announce table. That, that was the other thing. There'll be a pedigree through the announce table. You know, there'll be some stuff over by the barricade, like a, like some sort of a collision through the barricade, and then he'll talk about how he tore his quad like back in the ring five minutes ago. <laughs> Most people would just drop, but if you really, all of his all of his injuries have been that like, like they're yeah, like look yeah, at I'm that last going. one. That last one was terrible. Oh yeah, like, just you, think, you would think it's like you can't even say it's because of youth. Like oh, that was back in his younger days, he was able to, which still doesn't make sense. Like I've never two, seen people three years ago. I've never seen people move after quad injuries. No, like Vince, did, Vince didn't even move. The best Vince was able to do was not stand and also not sell it. Triple H is still wrestling when that shit happens to. And that last thing was really bad. That that Saudi Arabia one. Yeah, he tore his squad. Well, he tore his squad last year. Yeah, holy shit! He, he kept going, arm, but he still kept going, and he kept going. He had, he got enough movement in his arm to hook the pedigree. That's <laughs> crazy. That was it. it was the ugliest one I've ever seen in my life, but the motherfucker still did. Oh yeah, it did suck. But I mean, most people would just be out. You know, you'd be yeah, stretching. Most people out. wouldn't even have tried it. I, I I truly believe he'd rather die than not finish a match. What about that time that the dry ice got sprayed directly all over his body and he was like essentially internally on fire and shit? And he went to the ring. He had like second degree burns. People like him and The Undertaker. And he he no sold it so badly that I thought that he had extra powder on him because he just kind of looked annoyed by it. I was like, yeah, powder? The most selling he did was constantly pouring water on himself during his entrance and like while he was in his pod. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, so I mean, it's just strange lately. Yeah, lately we just have to drop people. I think about the same thing with Undertaker. Didn't he when he caught fire that one year when the pyro guy fucked up? He wrestled like with second degree burns. Yeah, only motherfuckers from back in the human. Like, what about the time they hit the fire too quick and he had to run to the ring from the top of the ramp because like the fire at the top? I always to this day I I always wondered why he just right. I'm like, I'll take no, but the one he got burned. The one he got burned was where he was in the corner and he put his hands out and then the corner turnbuckle part burned oh, his face. Yeah, yeah. So it's multiple oh, yeah, times this guy has been hit one. on fire. You know, that time it was like yeah, right still, to the face. Before the match. You know, they've they've been more successful at burning him than Kane was. You know? <laughs> like Kane would be pissed when you really think about it. Like, man, I came back from from the, the, the depths of hell with Paul Bearer and went through all this shit. We even had flaming matches. I had all this fire stuff. And you're telling me that the fucking guy at the truck got him first? <laughs> and they got him again? <laughs> they got him twice. Kane's never got him. If anything, every time Kane tries to burn him, he winds up burned. I've been trying this shit for 10 years. You tell me you fucker did it on accident? Didn't get him once. You could come to find out that's how they finally killed that few dog. He catches him from the production truck. It was him all along. That kind of deal. Oh. It was It was Jen Glake Jacobs in the fucking production truck. <laughs> 
My name is Jane Clay. My name is Glenn Jacob, and I approve this special. Boop. Oh man. Why are we not booking this shit? <laughs> so, uh, Heath Slater. I noticed his impact. We don't talk impact much, but Heath Slater has this campaign going around. It's a good time to have campaigning going around too, but it's to hire him. Did you see that? Oh yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, some some effort went into this, right? Oh, dude, they've been going. <laughs> they've been running with this one. Yeah, let me look at this here because I'm hearing that there was a few cameos during this. What is this four and a half minutes? No way, man. Hi. I can't watch this whole thing. What did he My do name four is and a half minutes? I used to have a last name, but now a billionaire keeps it in the safe. Wow. You know me? I used to have a last name, but now a billionaire keeps it in the safe. And it's not only because I have kids. I don't know, baby. Can we? I also need a job because this professional wrestling is what I love to do. The way he looked at the camera, I almost felt like getting his kids to the pool. And look, I can go anywhere I want to, but... Excuse me, sir. You know you're not welcome. Like I was saying, I can go anywhere I want, but where I want to be... Is an impact wrestler. Why? Because one, they have some of the best competition in the world. And two, well, my best friend's here. Oh, look! It's Rhino in the wild. Really? Why are you standing like that? <laughs> it's a jungle out there in the impact wrestling ring, and Rhino is becoming an endangered animal. And you can do your part to support Rhino Conservation by supporting hashtag Heath for Impact. With Heath by my side, I know I'll always be safe. You know, it's cheaper than a cup of coffee. Well, actually, it's, it's free. You can help me out and get Impact Management oh, eyes on hashtag Heath for Impact. Please get this trending on Twitter or any other social media platform out there. And, you know, fans, it's not just you and me that want Heath here in Impact. Many notable names, from wrestling to entertainment, support this cause. Don't just take it from me. I love the music. You know, Heath is a wrestler. And all really? All he's doing is trying to get a job <laughs> David Hasselhoff? with Impact Wrestling. I mean, come on. Impact what? Wrestling. Just hire Heath. Come on. I mean, Kit, I need you, buddy. I did not won't expect, really, he calls for Kit. I know, I know, it's ridiculous. Listen to your boy, Flavor Flav. Are you I, shitting me right now, man? Y'all got me? They're Flavor Flav endorsing Heath. Time for y'all to give Heath the job, man, and stop joking. I Scott Diamore. <laughs> this is Nancy Kerrigan, two-time Olympic. Really, Nancy Kerrigan? Where the hell did they do this? How did they? And um, you know, an axle jump is quite difficult, but this one is. Wait, somebody would clip their knee in the Give the job. Hashtag Heath for impact. Damn, I wrote a Nancy Kerrigan joke for the program. I feel bad. You want to hear? Chuck is that Chuck Norris? <laughs> well, I can make onions cry, and here's another. I can make you cry if you don't do the right thing and give Heath a job. Take it from me. Heath is a great wrestler and a black belt of a father. The man needs D-Lo. He's got to put food on the table. You know why? 
because the man got kids. Yes. The Lord. Right. Brown. I didn't want to say this, but my goodness, my truck got repoed last night. What? Yes. You mean to tell me, Scott, you're going to let this man get his car repoed? This ain't like Bret Hart getting his jacket stolen by the repo man. This is Heath getting his actual truck stolen by a real repo man. Happen. You know, hashtag Heath Redback. Heath Redback. You're looking at the real deal now. <laughs> As you can see, there's widespread support for this cause. Fans, thank you for your part. But we need your continued support. Because this fight is not over until he this is amazing. has a contract. Yeah, impact management. You haven't been moved by this message. How in the world can you say no to these two beautiful faces? <laughs> Scott, you'd be stupid when my dad is not on impact. He wanted the greatest wrestling of all time. Way more people want impact than my dad on it. Scott, my dad was wrestling 14 years. He does not know how to do anything else. Please let him have a chance. Yes, God. Wow, that was good. Look, it was I, I. I was complaining about the freaking time of it. I'm watching the whole. It didn't even feel that long. That was wonderful. <laughs> I was thinking, when am I going to cut this off? And want to watching the whole sh- damn thing. <laughs> I saw that when I watched it, and in my head, I'm going. I'm not gonna say shit. It just hold the guy. It pops up. Yeah, I didn't. I did not know what we were walking into with that. Oh my god, that motherfucker got fucking Hasselhoff and Kip. Yo, what? I that lost my shit when I saw Play Play show up. Like, no fucking way. <laughs> Very well done. <laughs> oh god. Well, that is some creativity right there, right? I'm not saying you need. I'm not saying they pretty much gave you a reason to watch it back again. But I'm just saying something might have to get replaced. Yeah, no shit, right? Holy shit! All right, so that was fun. I may watch it. They may, they may get a view from me out of that. So there was apparently a study done. This is Variety that got in. They got data from YouGov about the reason why people stopped watching wrestling. Okay, let me take a quick look here. What we're putting up? Reason, oh, this should be interesting. Yeah, right. Reason U.S. viewers stop watching wrestling. All right, so it is up on the screen. Now let's just go straight to the large one, so we can get a feel for this here. Hmm, this is pretty interesting. So this is the reason why U.S. viewers stop watching professional wrestling. Should we start from the bottom and then go to the greatest reason? Yeah. Okay, so at seven percent. The show wasn't listening to the fans. And I think that's just too much of a philosophical visual opinion for many people to agree with. How, how the hell would they know what the fans want? As a fan, you don't know what every fan wants. We're not a collective. So that doesn't work well. This isn't like one mind. Exactly. What do you think? We're like the Zerg? Is it Starcraft? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 9% of us have, um, the announcing was not as good, which that's, I'm even surprised that's 9%. Don't you find that a little weird? Yeah. Just a little. So then at, uh, I, I, I don't pay enough attention to the announcing sometimes for it to even be a factor for me. 12% of these people were just not sure. They have no idea why they stopped watching. Who knows? Maybe all the life, maybe kids. Maybe, Probably couldn't even pick a reason. Maybe the end of the world a few times this year. Who knows? Right, we still got like three months. Yeah. 24% just went with other. I wish we could look in that category and maybe read some of these others out loud, but we don't have access to that information. I would have been all over that. Uh, 
26% said matches were not as good and interesting. I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't argue with that. 28% coming in at third place. Characters were not as good or interesting. Can't argue with that. And then 29% at second place. The storylines were not as good or interesting. Can't argue with that. And then number one reason. You would think that if the last four reasons had things to pretend with how good or interesting is that there would be a trend here. But there isn't. Because the top reason why people stopped watching this is because it seemed more cartoonish than when I liked it. So I can't argue with that either. And you know what? I almost say that's an insult to cartoons because cartoons are a lot more mature than the way cartoons being used in that sentence. When they're saying yeah. it seemed more cartoonish, they're thinking like Mary Melodies, you know, not like not like DC movie, DC cinematic movies and shit like that, you know, or the animated movies or any of that. They're just thinking like cartoony, like Wile E. Coyote type shit, which is really what it's become. So that's the most number one reason to think of why people don't watch wrestling because it's cartoony. So let's break it down to what the reason is. It's because it's very cartoony with bad storylines and uninteresting characters in matches that are not particularly good. We actually forgot the 14% that content was more geared toward children, but that shows it didn't even factor in. So what are your thoughts on this? Um, Yeah, I, I can't really argue with it. Like, yeah, the storylines have been, um, some, some of the companies, the storylines have been off as of late. Some of the characters, I'm like, am I really supposed to be that excited about you? Freaking, like, I can only watch you fall off the clip with the sign that says, help me enough times. Like, it's definitely a combination of things, but that, those four being so close together is very telling, I think. Yeah, I think as well. And, uh, there was another part to this. What's the other thing here? So then we can look at what they're looking at. I guess what, what the shows are that they're watching. These are supposedly viewing stats. We're getting really technical here, huh? Yeah, we're going to bring this thing up on the, I'm going to bring this up on the big screen for me. So, uh, you got 12% of people currently watch professional wrestling regularly or occasionally. 43% never watched any shows or series. And then what's that at the bottom? Like four, is that another 43%? that uh used to watch professional wrestling but no longer do so they lost like 43 percent of the people and the shows that they watch that they used to watch wow 55 percent of them watched raw and smackdown like was that 10 percent of them watched uh nxt and then underneath that was that like two percent on aew i think i see three yeah three percent on aew yeah see they haven't really grown an audience just goes to show in scale how many people are still aware of the big one but that's, they've lost more than half their audience is what it shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and it's not really because of other wrestling. We can't even say that. It's just a disinterest yeah. in this wrestling. Everything, everything just now came back. <laughs> mm. well, it's an interesting study. I must say, because, you know, they're losing fans rapidly. It's to a point now where it's becoming quite alarming. Yeah. According to Wrestling Observer, one of the things that they were saying is that uh, they're no longer really interested based on the current uh, pay practices within the WWE, meaning the network and the way the content is distributed and YouTube and things like that. They no longer are trying to present pay to see matches at the end of the day. 
what they want to do, you know, like they used to try to build a pay-per-view and there would be like a match and this match is the reason why you're going to buy this pay-per-view. But now with the WWE Network, that's no longer the way that it is. Instead of worrying about trying to build storylines to have these big matches, their focus is more about having content, consistent content, having as much content as possible. You know, it's about filling time is the, is the way that it's being worded. It's more about filling time than it is about drawing. And you know what? That's, uh, that sort of scares me because it's not just something in WWE. I kind of feel like that's the direction that the world is going in. And it's a dangerous direction to go because what we're basically doing is we're discarding quality control in exchange for, uh, I guess quantity. This disregarding quality for quantity. And we can't just say that it's one place that does it because it's something that you're going to start to see if you haven't already seen it across the board. At the end of the day, any subscription-based service doesn't have to make you want to buy it once. It has to make you just want to keep it. And that's part of the key with them. They just have a bunch of content on this. So you always say, well, I want to watch Ride Along or I want to watch fucking camp WWE or whatever. And, and, you know, when you look at Netflix, Netflix is the same way. They're not trying to bring you the biggest blockbuster movies that have just been released. They're trying to bring you some of their own custom content that they've created in-house mixed with content that might have aged or uh, that they got good deals on along with stuff that was just meant straight for DVD. You know what I mean? It's a mix. doesn't mean that Netflix is bad, but they're more concerned with how much shit they can bring you, not how good it is. And that doesn't mean some of it isn't good because by default, if you do, if you have enough content, some of it's always going to be good. That's, that's the way WWE is running now. When you look at Game Pass, as much as I praise it, I think Game Pass is one of the greatest things ever. Uh, Game Pass has become one of those things where you're going to get good quality and, uh, going to get some okay stuff and maybe some stuff you won't like. But the focus of, for them is really having the quality. Not, not the quality, the quantity, I mean, sorry, you know, where they just want to have a whole bunch of stuff to say our library has 8,000 titles or 800 movies or whatever. So we're now in an age where they don't really care if you like the main event or the matches, so long as there's matches, as long as there's an NXT and there's a bunch of specials and there's a bunch of pay-per-views. They're just a whole abundance of content is more what they're worried about doing. I feel that that is partially due to the network structure, but I also feel that it's kind of because of the state of the world that we're in. Where there was a point not too long ago where anyone being able to do anything was practically considered buried treasure. You know, it was like, look, this is still going on. This is still able to happen. So any content at one point during this year, any content that was new content became good content just because it was content. And the combination of that influence in the world, as well as the fact that you are running a network based service, you're no longer looking to build main events or storylines. Oh, I guess when you look at it that way, unfortunately, their writing and their booking is always going to be different from other places that do need to buy, sell and buy pay-per-views, if there ever even will be. So I don't think with us, we really agree with the current state of booking as far as (laughs) having more content has actually not been better in my experience. It's just a lot of content and you're basically just sifting through a bunch of shitty content to find the few good gems in there. It's not like it's just so much content that you don't even know what to go to first. It's more like, well, what do we got here that doesn't suck? And that's not a good way for content to be. So, Like I said, some subscription-based services are good. Some aren't mediocre. Some are just terrible. But all of them have the main priority focus being the amount of content. That doesn't mean that some of them don't also prioritize quality. 
but that means that if they had to pick one, at the end of the day, it's going to be how can they get more stuff to you. So keep that in mind. And before we move on to our next story, just for anyone, if anyone's a Xbox subscriber out there, you really need to get that uh, ultimate Game Pass thing. If you haven't already, it's incredible. It's practically sorcery. It doesn't matter. You play it straight off the cloud. It's what Google Stadia tried to do years ago and, and didn't succeed at. You don't even need to own a console. If you're someone who just wants to get into games at this point, you just need the subscription and a controller. And uh, it literally connects. I used like a, I used one of my phones. I used a smartphone and it was like instant. It's, it's amazing that you can just literally play a game out of thin air with top graphics and you don't need to download anything. It's just there on your screen if you have pc same thing you don't need to you just have the game pass app and whenever you click on the game it just appears and without you needing to physically download you have these games coming from a cloud but the mobile to me is the most amazing part uh just the fact that you can essentially play anything you get your friends list your gamer tag all of that stuff they've definitely uh done everything where there's no reason to not believe this would be the primary gaming company going into the future because i've never seen anything like that before i'm surprised more people aren't talking about it but if you get your Game Pass subscription monthly, just give it a shot. You don't even have to take my word for it. Just take a shitty Android phone. Find the shittiest phone you can and put it on there. And you get top-tier graphics without downloading. And, uh, you know, you can join this even if you've never had a console before. So knowing that and that that's the way that it works and you're on the same servers as everyone else, th- that's a case where subscription-based services is a good thing and it's going in a good direction. And they're trying to give you quality and quantity all at once. They have the resources to do it, though. But yeah, just keep it in mind. So uh, The Rock has officially endorsed his presidential candidate. Yes, I have heard. Oh, I guess you heard. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, who do you think that he went for? So let's you know have what I'm a look here. I, I should have just been funny. I've been like somebody who knows the Pledge of Allegiance. Well, let's see who he goes for here. Now, this is long, so I'm going to jump through this a little bit, man, because we have a show here. Happy Sunday, everybody. Hey. We are approximately five weeks away from Election Day, arguably the most critical election our country has seen in decades. Now, that said, I'm going to be pushing this political conversation uh, just a little bit more. Now, you know, look, I've got friends in all parties, but the one thing that we can always agree on is the conversation and the dialogue and where that conversation lands is always the most critical part. Now, this is something that I've certainly not done in the past, so I'm going to go big. (laughs) You guys know me. If I go, I go big. So, guys, I had the opportunity to sit down with Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris to talk about a number of important issues that we're facing as a country. I thought it was a great and extremely productive conversation that we had, and as a registered independent for years now with centrist, centrist, excuse me, ideologies, I do feel that Vice President Biden and Senator Harris are the best choice to lead our country, and I am endorsing them to become president and vice president of our United States. You know, this past January, approximately nine months ago, my old man died, and I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to him, but he always said that respect is given when it's earned. So you got to get out there and you got to earn it with your own two hands. And that was my very first question to Vice President Biden and Senator Harris. And that question is, how will you earn the respect of the American people once you're inside the White House? Here's that conversation. Hey, 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 
Hey guys, I, I got to tell you, well, it, it is so good seeing you guys. Okay, I don't need to see them mark out to the rock. We can leave that. Though. Maybe we could even come back to it if there's demand in the chat room. I don't particularly plan on it, though. <laughs> You'd rather have the rock talk to them than, than Cardi B? Um, or, I mean, I'd rather have a rock for president than Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, but, at, but we'll, at, least the, at least that single rock would probably remember the Pledge of Allegiance. But yeah, if you guys want to watch the whole thing, there's there. I ain't um, been right since I saw that tweet. I swear to God. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. I thought it was funny. Uh, Val Venus. <laughs> did you see what Val Venus did? It's the same thing he's been doing for the past, what, three, four years going off on somebody. He tweeted out. He was like, what, what I just heard from The Rock is so damn disappointing. The bullshit I heard come out of that man's mouth means I'll never spend another dime on his movies. I became suspicious about the content Rock puts out into the world. And now his real loyalty to Club Pedal is confirmed. From 100% completely weird and disgusting so-called quote-unquote jokes on SNL over the years to his support of known criminals and pedophiles to rule over the lives of Americans is disgusting. That big club George Carlin used to rant about, The Rock has clearly become a member. Fuck The Rock. Disappointed is a major understatement. Rock has clearly sold his soul to the devil. Maybe he should build another child-molesting robot and virtual signal again to his pedophile bosses at Disney. Shame on you, Rock. Yeesh. You ever notice that we only ever hear from this fucker when he's just like mad at something? We're going we're to clarify a few things. We don't get political on here very often. We're going to just clarify at the end of this. Cause <laughs> I don't even know. I didn't know what I was walking into here fully. Maybe that's one of the disadvantages of the way we do this show now. But Oh, Lord. So The Rock apparently responded to this, which I have not seen yet. This is going to be long. I haven't looked at the timestamp, but I can only imagine. All right, guys, as we continue to push this political conversation forward... We've got to talk about voting. Now, there's been a lot of conversation this year in particular about okay, voter safety. Because uh, obviously, it's, it's, that is extremely important. Where does he get to the negative parts? Because I, I heard he responds to the negative. At least that's what the, the thing says. Yeah, let's see. So this is a lot of Kamala Harris shit. Maybe it's at the end. Taking a little bit of time, too, as well, to uh, help educate. Because a lot of Americans, and I was like this, too, wants to vote. Because everybody cares deeply about our country. I'm glad you took a moment there to give a little bit of direction. Uh, Can I say one more thing before we go, DJ? Oh, please. Of course. That, in fact, John Lewis was right before he died. Voting is a sacred obligation. No one's disagreeing with the points, though. the age of yeah. 8.2 million more women vote. That's the power of your vote, your voice. I love that Senator Harris said that. And I also love that she spoke about making sure that we have a solid plan in place because... We as Americans, we got to be prepared come election day. I also appreciate Vice President Biden quoting the great John Lewis. Voting is our sacred obligation, and it is the answer to outcomes, and we have to own our... Okay, so I don't know where he... Does he somewhere around here? I'm getting kind of fatigued. I love that line. ...and enduring change happens. I thank you guys for being a part of this dialogue. Okay, whatever. Somewhere in there, he must have refuted it somewhere, but I'm sure it was classy. Which is probably why we didn't catch it. Like he would tell him, hey, Valvinus, fuck you. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, so here's the thing. Full disclosure, because I know on here people have said, oh, just because I kind of laugh at certain things I've seen over the years with Democrats, people have called me a Trump supporter and a bigot and a racist and a transphobe and a homophobe, every name you could think of. Uh, I'm not affiliated. I am completely neutral. I don't have a horse in that race. I think it's all bullshit. I just happen to make fun of everything that I see in a somewhat equal manner. It's not my fault that lately, 
lot of the things I've seen the past couple of years from the Democratic side is just funny, just the way they act and they behave and the way they freak out over Trump. It's funny. I'm not going to act like it's not funny. We're all wrestling fans here. You like a good heel and you like the way it looks when they're, when people get their feathers ruffled. It's not like there are political undertones to this and things going on. And that's for another show about our opinions with that. But the point is the funny stuff, uh, is just where I kind of see things and I just kind of go with what I see. I'm more of an observer of things and I'll just tell you what I've noticed. And in my opinion, the Joe Biden situation clearly uh, the Democratic tone is just anyone but Trump if they put Joe Biden out there. And the reason why The Rock kept referencing Kamala Harris and her ideas and stuff is because really it is Kamala Harris as the senator doing most of the puppet stringing there, you know, where it's like Joe Biden's just a figurehead here. And you can kind of tell. Have you guys ever really listened to Joe Biden recently? Like, has anyone here? So if you follow me on Twitter, I've linked like one thing with this guy and i'm not even saying you have to like trump i'm not saying you have to like trump and i'm not disagreeing about whether we think he's disrespectful or not those are different conversations but i'm just gonna run here this is something i just googled just joe biden is one of the top things that comes up we hold these truths to be self-evident all men and women created by the go you know the you know the thing of among many qualified people i'm the best hold on wait 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 wait. i can't even go further (laughs) we hold these truths to be self-evident All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. Do we? Do you know the thing? Qualified people. I'm the best qualified people person for this job. I'm beginning to see why your wife left you. Why? 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 You're getting nervous, man. Yeah. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's. We need to think about it. It sounds like when Roman used to forget his promos. Since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's a, I mean, you think about it. <laughs> I'm trying to. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know, uh, you don't look like you know. I just spoke at a at Dartmouth on healthcare at the medical school, or not? I guess I wasn't actually on the campus, but the people from the medical school were at the. I, I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure whether it's a medical school or where the hell I spoke, but it was on the campus. I propose, and I'm going to digress slightly. I here we we're in a situation. I. President asked me to head up a cancer moonshot. Hold on, man. Hold on. I just want to remind you that the reason I'm playing this is because, first of all, it's The Rock. You know, so that's how we segue into politics. And because I, I really feel that wrestling fans, more than anyone in the world, understand where I'm coming from when I'm talking about this man and his promos. You know what I'm saying? You can tell a lot from a person and their promo. And all I'm saying is that this is the guy, this is who they're making their top guy, the Democrats. Again, not I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. I'm just saying that if this was booking, this is their top guy right now. Country and annexed a significant portion of it called Crimea. He's saying that it was President, my boss, it was his fault. He forgot about El Salvador and, and it, to, to, to win and say in Honduras and say, look, I took on uh, Putin in terms of uh, Iraq. I mean, excuse me, in terms of uh, 
uh, um, what was going on in Ukraine. By strengthening, by strengthening, up by strengthening, by investing a hundred billion dollars in education in global warming efforts. It's a whole range of things. We can't afford it by just eliminating, beginning to treat, treat work, reward work as much as well. It get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my what leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. If you want to protect yourself, get a double barrel shotgun. Have the shells, a 12 gauge shotgun. Don't jump. Don't jump. Don't jump. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. To say that LGBTQT people have no civil rights. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman in anger. We have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. Uh, can it you be use a, a better choice of words when talking about... And immediately uh, change the law in the state of Delaware, protecting transgender <sighs> people. We have to eliminate the funding gap that exists between minority white and majority white and, and non-white districts. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Hold on a minute. Let's go back to that one for a minute. We have to stay with that one. Do you hear what he fucking said there? Hold on. If you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. <laughs> Why did you clarify that? Hold on, let's keep going. And dude, I'm telling you, you can find hours of bite. This is just one. I'm giving you a fucking glimpse into this with the, what's happening over the Democratic side. Just keep in mind also that uh, this is the guy you're going to have on, you know, dealing with Kim Jong and Putin and all those other guys that we don't want to have shit with. Man, you're hard to keep up with. But after a good workout, got to drink up. All right. Otherwise, we're going to be in trouble with Jill and Michelle. Just so Michelle what knows. Right. Same time next week? Same time next week. All right. You got a real dilemma, Mr. President. I can't go every day, can I? I wish you liked better. These? Anyway, I don't know what's happening there. Maybe now it's just becoming a straight up parody. Say, <laughs> poor kids are just as. What smart white kids? It's wealthy, or can I have just what? as much? Uh, wait, there's more. There's actually more. Hold on, let's get back oh, to the joking part. <laughs> I was kind of holding it. What is this I didn't get a chance to flat shift in a second. I was afraid I'd go through those guys. <laughs> I said, no. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Corruption? Trump was out there tweeting again this morning. I called him President Tweety. Well, Trump is pursuing, pursuing a damaging and erratic trade war without any strategy, by the way. This guy is moving to, to, to just foment hate. But President Trump and the demagogues around, demagogues around the world, but if Donald, Hump, if Donald Trump is reelected, he doesn't want to shed light. He wants to generate heat, and he's stroking violence in our cities. 
Anyway, the point being, you don't have to really like him. That doesn't mean put that guy there. Like, are you guys sure? Like, everyone who's a Democrat out there, all the SJWs and snowflakes that are worried about it, are you, like, sure? Like, are we, like, let, could we have, like, a maybe a fucking timeout here for a minute and just look at the information real quick? Kind of like we do every Monday on here with the wrestling, but just with that? Because I think this is really important, you know? And this is also coming from another person who's really not political whatsoever. Um, All I'm saying is, you don't have to every be time I've ever to be heard scared. Trump talk, I've at least understood what he said. There were a few times where I had to use fucking like context clues like I was back in middle school. <laughs> what? And You're standing we, around somebody and just feel smarter in that moment. It's like, you know what? I ain't that bad. <laughs> I, I don't even judge it that way. You know what I feel? I feel scared is what I fucking feel, you know, because I don't want like any of these people in charge of anything. And then and then Nancy Pelosi, who's always the one who's behind the, who's behind freaking Trump and getting you know, on top of everything that he does and sort of checking him. Did you see when she malfunctioned recently in an interview? Like literally like she glitched like a cyborg. I'm not even kidding. Like, I swear to you, we were watching an interview and in the middle of the interview, her entire brain rebooted and it started from the beginning and everybody acted like that was okay. I'm not making this up. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to bring that shit up now. I know. I know you're not. That's the bad part. I swear to you, watch this. Here, here. I hope this is the right one. Voting the, the day that we lost but, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But to be clear, you're not taking any arrows out of your quiver. You're not ruling anything out. Oh, wow. Someone added that. Good morning. That. <laughs> Sunday morning. The, uh, the, the, we have a responsibility. Did we you see the way she started over there? Oh my god. Let's see if we could get one without the uh without the joke in it. Because it's funny with the joke, don't get me wrong, but it's more scary when you see it <laughs> without the joke. <laughs> Ten states, as I said, on Friday, I started their early for voting the, the day that we lost but, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But to be clear, you're not taking any arrows out of your quiver. You're not ruling anything out. Good morning. Sunday morning. The, uh, the we have a responsibility. We take an oath to protect and defend. What was that? What happened there? Hold on, instant replay one more time. Then we're gonna jump to the next topic because Rock. Just be careful who you're voting for. And it's scary because the Rock. He has a lot of influence. We're gonna wind up with the wrong fucking team here. But states, as I one said, more time. on Friday, I started their early for voting the, the day that we launched with Peter Ginsburg. But to be clear, you're not taking any arrows out of your quiver. You're not ruling anything out. Good morning. Sunday morning. Bro, how fucking scary the, is that? The, the, we have a responsibility. <laughs> we take. Like, are you kidding me right now? What was that? Somebody tell me what that was. But you go vote for who you want. I'm just saying, maybe just reevaluate things a little bit. Oh, There's a lot right of shit now, I can't explain here that all of the people on that team are saying. And I've been saying this for a while on here. You know, we've had people on here before. They were a little more SJW and maybe my, some of my messages got <laughs> a little, but I, but I've been saying for a while, not so much that I'm on either side, but that there's just an observation here that, uh, there's just weird stuff. There's always weird stuff happening with a specific side. And whether you like the president or not, you got to ask yourself, which one would you want to go with here? If, if there's a pay-per-view coming out, you can't decide who the champion is. You can vote for who you think it's going to be. Like at our polls later tonight for the NXT TakeOver 31. So don't leave the chat room just because this is scary. Later on, we'll be voting for pay-per-view, so that'll be fun. 
all, 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 all I know is Mayor McDougal has my vote. Like, I want to see her eyes. Let's get this bigger right here. I want to look at her fucking confused, reprogrammed eyes. Friday, I started their early for voting the, the day that we lost but, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But to be clear, you're not taking any arrows out of your quiver. You're not ruling anything out. Good morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> Can't get enough the, of it. One of my favorite things ever. Oh my god. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things ever. Well, I wish we had characters like this on Raw. Oh my god. So what are your thoughts on this entire thing? Like I said, Mayor Pink Dougal, he's my guy. <laughs> the fuck? Fucking secret squirrel got my vote. Fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like I said, and it's, it's nothing personal. Biden Biden is a nice guy. He's older than when he was than when he was Barack's freaking uh Vice President, man, you know how old that guy is? Old. Like he's uh he's really damn old, man. You gotta ask yourself that. But you know, I have one more one more thing. America, I pledge allegiance to the United States of America. Oh, no. One nation. Real. <laughs> no, it jumped there. Let's America, do, let's I pledge do, allegiance let's to the right. United States of America. One nation. Indivisible under God for real. <laughs> yeah, that's not how I remember it exactly. But whenever whenever you feel patriotic just remember america i pledge allegiance to the united states of america one nation indivisible under god for real for real <laughs> i'm gonna add that to everything for real holy shit <laughs> i'm just saying that's the rock it's his opinion and they're nice people i'm sure they're very nice people i'm sure they seem super nice even in that movie get out they seem nice there too <laughs> up to the very end I'm not saying this is anything like that. I'm just saying that, you know, could be. Just saying, just saying, if there's anybody we can count on, it's T.S. motherfucking A. For real. They get shit done. For real. For real. <laughs> I write it down for real. That's what we got to do. We start covering matches. And then he, uh, and then he went up to the top of the, the thing, the thing, uh, you know, the thing that we talk about. <laughs> I mean, just think about it. For that real. Thing. For real. For shizzle. Every time you forget somebody's name. Just call them for real. Yeah. So that's oh, what we're named. Instead of Doug, it's Shane Thornton for real. So Ken Shamrock's being inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame and The Rock's inducting him. Yeah, The Rock is apparently, I guess, going to make an appearance on Impact. What is The Rock doing? Is this is this Bizarro Rock? Maybe this is Rock. He doesn't even feel like being around WWE. Is this like an evil twin of The Rock? First first Biden and now Impact? Doesn't it seem just like the opposite of what you would hope The Rock does in the situation that we're in right now? I mean, truth be told, I wouldn't want The Rock to be around this shit booking on WWE. So, I mean, eh. It's just weird for The Rock, of all people, to be inducting someone into Impact. Man. And is it because of that match that they had at WrestleMania 14, the intercon- the intercontinental match? Yeah, I, I know it does have something to do with uh, their past feud. So. It's funny because Ken Shamrock completely obliterated The Rock in that feud. If you go back and watch WrestleMania 14, oh, yeah. he beat him to death and then beat him off of his own stretcher and kept beating him. Like he beat him Fuck bloody. Him but it's just interesting that we are now in a world where The Rock will be inducting Ken Shamrock into the Impact Wrestling Hall of Fame. And voting for Biden. At least he made one good decision. Did he? Yeah, Shamrock. How's that going to work? I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Oh, apparently he's going to be sending a video message that's going to be played. 
He's gonna bring it yeah, via satellite. Makes sense that he can't like be there. Wow. I don't know. What a way for them to manage to grab the rock in some capacity, right? <laughs> right. He's gonna be on impact. All right. Let's see. Is there anything else important? You know what? There's nothing else important, but I want to screw around a little bit actually because I found some. Yeah, fun. Did you see the Corbin bike thing? I haven't, but I heard about it. This was on his live. Uh, I guess this is him live streaming. I just thought it was it was funny to look at. Shit. <laughs> I love what I love that he knew his fate. Like at that point, he knew it was over. Everybody knows that. You could hear it. And you try to fight. You Damn, you heard that shit. Everybody knows the moment when you're gonna crash and you know it's all over, but you still try to see if you can pull off a miracle. Yeah, that's rough, man. That is rough. Oh. <laughs> Let's see, we got anything else? I'm just trying to look. I want to cherry pick some stories here. Oh, yeah, Tegan Knox. Damn, man. So, what's going on here? This poor baby has the worst luck. Is it even luck at this point? Is it divine I, intervention of some sort? So, she apparently has a. Uh, like what is it? Is it the same knee? It's yeah, so she hurt her two. knee. It's so she hurt her knee again. Oh God! Yeah, I think it's because I think she injured both knees, right? Yeah, Melissa said he got the impression that it was serious. So wait a minute—is that the reason that they did that thing where she got taken out, like she was like on the ground? Somebody drove into her knee. Like, wasn't it? I think uh, was it Candace or someone drove into her knee. Candace, right? So holy shit! All over again after everything that happened, we're back at square one. She's like, oh, who was it? Was Chris Saban that had that issue? Yeah, good God, man, that sucks. Oh, this poor girl. So. Basically, the feud that she was inserted into is now null and void. Yeah, because it was going to be, it looked like it was going to be her and Candace. Man, I really feel bad for her because not only does yeah. that hurt her, even if she recovers, like, who's to say that they're going to want to push her now? You know what I mean? Like, that's too many. That's way too much. Like, once you're injury prone like that, it's like a while before they're going to be able to, like, push you. You know? And it's been a minute since the last time, but... Like to have that same in type of injury creep back up on you again. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can get some sort of an update on her because I can't believe that we're back here again. It's almost like in in those situations you can't even blame WWE when they like pull somebody off the road that's just injury prone. Yeah, it makes it tough to try to do stuff with it now because it's like, is her knee gonna hold up? Yeah, exactly. Like, what else can you do at that point? You know, not not particularly much. All right. Uh. Yeah, and a bit of sad news, because I don't want to forget about it. Road Warrior Animal has passed away. Yeah, we lost the other half of probably one of the most successful tag teams in this business. There's a reason they call it the Road Warrior Pop whenever there's a loud pop in an arena, because that's what it was. That's how big it was whenever the two of them. These guys used to get inhuman ovations when they came out. It was literally a, it was, they call it the reward pop because it was literally a pop only they got. Yeah. And together they define tag team wrestling. You know, they, I mean, how many tag teams to this day we still see use variations of their finisher, the Doomsday device? Mm hmm. Exactly. They, they pretty much were big. You know what? They were big everywhere but WWE. WWE, they were okay. But when you really look at the Road Warriors and the legacy left behind, it was all 
other places and it was always big and it was always uh fantastic the matches and uh just the charisma that they had and the shows that they would put on really i always felt like the road warriors were to the tag division kind of what andre was if you ever seen like the hbo documentary what andre was to a singles wrestler like it was that kind of a place where you you knew if your territory got the road warriors you were what everybody was talking about Mm -hmm. exactly uh we're hearing that he was dealing with heart and kidney issues according to bruce mitchell um of pw torch he said he looked healthy but you couldn't tell um but uh you know he had some heart issues kidney issues and uh you know he came up during the uh that minnesota grammar bar generation and yeah that sucks you know like both road warriors both real road warriors are gone you know but if you want to help in any way they actually came out with a road warrior animal commemorative shirt that is being sold by the store collar and elbow brand uh and all proceeds i believe al snow partially owns this t-shirt store all proceeds 100 percent of it will go to his wife and family they get no profit from it whatsoever so it's just something to think about if you because I know people tend to get memorabilia whenever someone who's a celebrity passes. If you're thinking of getting something, not only would you be able to get something, but it would literally help his family out. Yeah. So, You'd be doing not only a service for yourself, but for his family as well. Yeah, which I'm dropping the link here in the chat room. And I'm also sharing this directly on social media. So if you look at um, at Talk Brunch, one word on Twitter, you'll see the link up there as well. Yeah. And yeah, so definitely check it out. That's collar and elbow brand dot com slash collection slash men slash product slash animal. You got the link right here. This company is also the ones that put out the same kind of shirt for Shad Gaspard when he passed. So uh, again, I believe Al Snow has something to do with it. Uh, so, you know, might be his company. But yeah, rest in peace, Road Warrior. Yeah. Good old animal. This is the. Uh... Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, Animal was actually one of the only, the only other two Road Warriors I ever saw live. Actually, it was uh, during that time when he was teaming with Heidenreich, and they were like that weird dock off Road Warriors. But it's that well, that's a one of a kind tag team right there. Like they're they will literally never be another Road Warriors as long as anybody lives. Yeah, I hate it when they did those other roar. Like, first Dross was one for a while. Yeah, Road then, or LOD 2000. Like. Well, LOD 2000 was them. The only difference with LOD 2000 was they were trying to modernize it for the attitude. That's 1999 LOD. Actually, it's 98 LOD was 2000. They took, they didn't bring in Paul Elric and instead the manager was Sonny. So yeah, the two of them and, and they changed all their armor and shit where it had like neon glowing lights and lasers and stuff shooting out of it. And like she had like this futuristic looking outfit. So LOD 2000 pretty much is just them. And instead of Paul Elring, you had Sonny, which you know what? Not for nothing, but in the attitude era, that worked good for a little bit of while because they were feuding with, uh, the outlaws at the time and just the chemistry of everybody in the ring and her. That was when they first turned them babyface when they brought on like X-Pac and all of that. I thought that was like a good startup feud for them. So I didn't really mind it too much. And Sonny was good. You know what I mean? When she's a great valet to have around. So it worked. It wasn't really, there was nothing wrong with it there. They, they actually got rid of her before they, uh, they went downhill and went into the shitty, uh, the, the drunken angles and all that other shit that they were doing with Hawk, where it was falling off the stage and off the ramp and behind the Titan Tron and all this other crazy shit. Yeah. 
you know, but that, that's the thing. WWE never gave them their justice of being the, the tag team that you, um, should know them as. You'd have to look at some world class stuff, really. They'd have like a couple of one offs here and there. Like I remember, uh, there was one point when, uh, RVD and Kane were tag champions. They want to be surprise opponents. I think, I think that was actually, the, that was actually Hawk's very last appearance. Really? Hmm. Really? That far down? They still had, he was still around? I don't remember. I remember yeah. Yeah. Ha- yeah. I, I'll never forget it because, Literally, I think like Jr. absolutely lost his shit. <laughs> wow! And literally, like I, I think that was probably one of the last uh, Road Warrior pops we got. In fact, I'm gonna see if I can find it. But it's um, yeah, it. it I remember that was one of the last times, at least to my memory, that Hawk ever showed up it on um t- on TV. Shoot, they even had a small uh, stint in TNA. Yeah, well, everyone's had a small stint in TNA. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's true. I can't even say it like I have something special anymore. But, but I mean, those guys, they show up any and everywhere, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, I think they're the reason why tag team wrestling became relevant. Yeah. Like, that's... that. Like, that. if it wasn't... If there was no Legion of Doom, no Road Warriors, I don't think there would be tag team wrestling like it would be. Yeah, I can definitely say that. That is for sure. Well, rest in peace, and uh, thank you for the wonderful matches. Oh, yeah. Say hi to Hawk for us. All right, so uh, I'm looking here, Natalia, apparently, which I know a lot of people are giving Lana shit. I'm starting to feel bad. Natalia, actually, they put up some videos on Lana's Twitter of the training that she's been going through. I hear it like she's been training like crazy with uh, with Lana. Girl been going hard. Yeah, I want to see exactly what the hell this is. Let's share it to you guys. <laughs> We're filming. I have no makeup on. I look crazy. I also have cut. I was just training with Lana, and I suplexed her way hard and cut her lip. Yeah. See? Anyways, Natty is, as we talk about all the time, is she's the boat, and I have been through tables. I look really crazy and insane. In two weeks, Lana's gone through two tables. And I just, like, I want to be good like you. I want to be the best. I, like, I believe in working hard. That's what us Russians do is, like, we work hard. And I moved to America with the dream to succeed, with the dream of to make my dreams come true, to work hard. And I just... Natty, I need your help. I know. I'm just playing. I'm being goofy. Whenever, whenever I get a camera in front of me, I just want to be a ham. Um, but Lana, I do understand what you're saying. You got put through a table two weeks in a row. You got kicked in the head prior to that three weeks in a row. But if you work and hard, mouth and is you busted. Keep getting back up after you get knocked on your ass, you just keep <laughs> That's going. That's some victory scars right there. Yeah, but you know what? Like you're training with someone from the Hart family. It's gonna be shit as far as your physical pain threshold goes oh, no yeah. matter what you i'm sure it's great kick. training but you're gonna get your ass kicked you see she's holding her mouth because she she probably feels like she's holding it up you know <laughs> like think about how hard you'd have to suplex somebody to bust their lip it's not even what you're targeting can you imagine oh, that? i suplex you so hard that i busted your lip some shit i mean hey you never know that impact it might bite your lip you never know you know that's like some physics defying shit that's like that time in the original brawly where brawly hit v- vegeta so hard that, well, Goku saw how the Vegeta felt that shit across the planet. Right? The crown moved where he was. <laughs> I mean, isn't that virtually what training with a heart is? Just like fighting Broly in the fucking first movie? Yeah, that's what it really is. She's training too soon for this. All, all I'm saying is some of y'all out there talking shit about Lana. I bet not none of y'all would have lasted that long. No, nah, there's no and way. And then did a video afterwards. Like, Why is she going through tables and training? No, no that was uh, the two with... Uh, she was talking about the thing with Naya. 
Oh, right, right. Those two times. Those are probably Miro bumps. I forgot about those. Even though they're denying it, they're saying that it had nothing to do with that. Those are Miro bumps. I know Miro bumps when I see him. <laughs> yeah, but hey, girl working hard though. I ain't mad at her. Yeah, no, nah, I hear a lot of hate with her and stuff. I wasn't. You know what? It's it's just Marky hate. Yeah, wasn't it early in the chat room? This guy who was saying that uh, you <laughs> team with Lana and you job out, and but Lana's never really teamed with anybody, so that was just such a weird statement. That's what happens when you spend too much time hating on this fucking team. You don't have to use logic. Girl's doing fine. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm I like that team. I want to see where it goes. You know. I don't mind. They 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 mesh the personalities mesh very well together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Lana, the girl has been working her ass off. Like at the end of the day, she's been working harder than most of the marks out there have been who have been talking shit about her. Yeah, like that girl's training with a heart right now. At the end of the day, she would she would run through every last one of y'all. <laughs> well, no, they are friends. That's the point we're making. That that that's yeah. an actual friendship. You know, like she's actually yeah, so. It, so it, it helps even more. Yeah. So apparently Booker T he said some some negative stuff about Daniel Cormier. Really? Yeah, I don't know the full deal here, but how about here. Booker T? Booker T, this, this guy. guy first this of all, you're talking about Roman Reigns. Here's this guy who hasn't been relevant for 15 or so years. Oh, just he thinks he can wrestled. waltz into the middle. You're gonna waltz into the main event. <laughs> you want to be? Hey, Booker T, you want to be the the backup fighter? You want to be the yeah. backup fighter that's for the right. main event? Like, yeah, come right. on, come on, King Book. And what the problem is. Here? I love the Harlem Heat. I love Booker T. I love Stevie Ray, the five-time, five-time WWE champion. But Booker T, come at me, man. I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna be okay. I don't know if we can bounce back from this. Here's the difference between you and Booker T. As I prop you up, you're a double champ. You don't have to remind people every time you speak how many belts you've won, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, how many things mm -hmm. you've done. This Mm -hmm. guy is so relevant. And it's such an afterthought that every time he speaks, he has to remind people of his accolades, mm-hmm. of he his tells, accomplishments. He, tells, hmm, he has to remind him. people because he's such an afterthought. But guess what, DC? What? Uh, Booker T has sent us a message. He did? He has sent us a message. Ooh. I'm being told. Wait, 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 wait. He sent me a message? He sent us a he message? He sent you a video, yes. So, so here's the problem. With, here's the problem. Like, I keep breaking kayfabe, right? Because then I become a fan again. It's like, so wait. <laughs> 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 I like trying to so I, so I keep trying to cut promos on these dudes, but then I break kayfabe. Let, let's hear from Booker because he said, "Let's listen to this." Let's hear from Booker T. I just want to drop a little message to Daniel Cormier. You see, I'm getting ready to work out right now, so I don't have a whole lot of time. DC, you said um, Booker T. Uh, be careful. Well, I am careful, brother. Uh, my thing is this: I've been watching you for a long time, Strike Force. You know, I mean, you, you did it. You did it big. I'm talking about Bigfoot Silver. He dropped like a fallen log, man. But in the UFC, double champ, I give you your props, man. You have done a whole lot for the industry. But now you're talking about stepping into something totally different. You're talking about crossing over to my territory. Well, bro, let me give you the lay of the land before you ever think about talking to Roman Reigns. Who, wow, you need to talk to me first, brother. I'm talking about right here inside the Hall of Fame. And I know you got a little coattail rider uh, by the name of Ariel Hawani. Hawani, let me give you some advice, bro. You want the rub? Let me catch you at Starbucks. I'll give you the rub, all right? Call me A. Give me a call. I'll be waiting. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. As I want to do this, it's like I keep becoming a fan. So now 
It's Look over. Getting promos on us. It's okay. It's okay. I'm back on his side. I'm back on his side. No, no, Mr. no. Broly, yes, no, I'm back. I'm back. He won me over. He won me over. Okay. Listen, Booker T. I'm coming on the podcast. We're going on the podcast. We're gonna go together. Let's what go. Podcast. Ricky, the Hall of listen. Fame. It's a show. He said the Hall of Fame. It's, I know that it's a show. The Hall you of Fame. DC, we work for ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports. I'm going, man. We don't show up on I'm podcasts going. I'm going. with five I'm, people I'm on going. it. No, I'm going. I, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Sorry. Is, sorry. I'm going. Is, what, you're going rogue? I'm, I'm trying to sorry, cut a promo going. here. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to get hey, us to WrestleMania. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm going. And you're I'm fanboy. Booker T, if you ever speak of me like that, you talk about who's great. riding whose coattails what? here. Booker T gonna rip you apart. Did you this see is the A side right here? I love how his own. You haven't been relevant in eight years. Wait, did you see how strong Booker T looked? The only reason they gave him that WCW title is because they were a ship that was sinking. He was irrelevant. He was post WCW. We're gonna waltz in there. I see you from the podcast. Ain't no spinner rule. Ain't no spinner rule on air. Ain't no spinning hey, Rudy hey, up in here. Hey, Booker T, we'll why don't you go on your TV show? Ain't no scissor though. kick up in here. Hey, why don't, hey, Booker T, why don't you go on your TV show and respond to us? Oh, that's right. They canceled your TV show. <laughs> that's right, Booker T. You don't know who you're hey, dealing hey, with right here. Why do you always do this? It's what? like you get me. You constantly get me in fights. You constantly get me in fights. I'm, I'm getting you constantly give me in fights. Booker T. I just want to be Booker T's fan again. All right, no, I'm ready. I want to be Booker T's fan back. again. <laughs> Can we go back? I don't. You interviewed him before. In. You've interviewed yeah. him. He was nice then, but now he went too far. I don't even know what he's talking about. Starbucks, the rub. I don't even know what he's talking about. All I know is that oh, we'll, 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 we'll blow right through him, and then we'll go to Roman Reigns and whatever, and we're going to WrestleMania. Point to the sign, DC. Point to it right now. Point to the sign. We're going to WrestleMania. SoFi Stadium, yeah, like here we look. come. As I point to the sign, I got Seth Rollins laying on his back in the middle of the ring because I'm going through the entire shield. Dean Ambrose ain't around no more, so right, I gotta beat Seth Rollins up first, and then go get Roman Reigns. John Moxley, ja- that's his name. That's his real John. Name. Oh, that's the AEW champion, that's John right. Moxley. Yeah, he's hey. the man. Okay. Hey, and then Steve Aoki and John don't go make a run, and then it's all gonna change. Little, 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 uh, little promo tip, DC. You don't get to become a fan in the middle of it. Oh, that's a friendly little feud. Yeah. Except for Hawaii, Hawaii was just douchey. Yeah, right. Think what are you doing? His presence irritates me more than anything else. Like, there, there are people who watch MMA who wouldn't know who he is, and he's going to talk about recognition. No, until somebody mentions Dan White making somebody cry. Hell, that guy. So at apparently, least, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, at least the last time we saw DC cry, it was because Jones kicked him in the head. What was Hawaii's excuse? <laughs> so you ready to have some wine? <sighs> Maybe. That is. Undertaker wine. Look at that. You got Undertaker and Ultimate Warrior wine right there. Now we're okay. fancy. We feel like the fancy folk now. Okay. One of these is a majestic, beautiful bottle. The other one, I feel like you drink it and you hear Dana Warrior. The Undertaker design is cool though, right? Oh, that's so good. That's so badass. Much as I want to cr- criticize drinking WWE wine, the bottle is worth the purchase, I guess, if you like yeah. bottles. I mean, it'd be something, you know what it'd be, you know what it would be, it'd be one of those kind of ones, I don't know if you've ever seen people do it, sometimes they'll have the bottle and will never touch it, just like it'll be there just for decoration. Yeah, you know I have cheesy poofs like that? Are you fucking kidding me? No, I have from an old Comic Con cheesy poofs. This motherfucker, I love cheesy poofs. I never open them, people always, people always used to come over and want to open the cheesy poofs, I'm like, no, 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 those are cheesy poofs, they're not meant to be opened. I'm, 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 I'm going to just tell you this now, so you know. 
my off air thing. I am planning a trip to New York at some point in time. I am taking a picture with the cheesy booth. <laughs> we literally walked into a Comedy Central thing, like one of the panels, and they were just handing out cheesy booths. So I was like, oh, awesome. Got to sit down and listen to Matt Stone and Trey Parker talk about the show and all this other crazy stuff. What's made by the Bell of the Wine or the Cheesy Poofs? <laughs> Maybe the Cheesy Poofs. <laughs> Bella Poofs. I can see it now. Cheesy What the? That'd be great. <laughs> Breeze always come out fucked up. <laughs> they never round. They always get dense and shit. Ah, that's great. So, so what are these that we have up here? They are, uh, they have apparently a few things here. Let's, uh, let's oh my switch. god, fucking George, you can look, but you can't eat. <laughs> so, what do we got here? This is, uh, they're two packs. Why do they have to be two packs? They have a 2018 Cabaret Carbonate Savigon, Savignon. I don't know wines that well. Somebody have to tell us how fancy we supposed to say this. Limited shit. edition 30 barrel series to honor the phenom's 30-year career each undertaker bottle is marked with an individual bottle number and he has the undertake in uh, the ultimate warrior 2019 ziffendel and they're a hundred dollars plus shipping order now and you know there's going to be some mark that's going to drink that shit during the pay-per-views right he's going to drink it while while binge watching the last ride pass out with that shit in his hand you know what i mean he's going to pass on his couch he doesn't get the the outcome he wants he's going to drink himself on the couch not to death but to sleep <laughs> he's going to have the bottle in his hand remember that episode where homer thought he was going to die he's going to pass out like homer did the bottle's going to fall out of his hand and shit <laughs> where he gets to where he gets the ultimate warrior one just takes the clothes off starts running around like a jackass every lap swig <sighs> well that's it that is your wine selection if you want to be a fancy wrestling fan you know are you going to get some Hell no. No, not interested. Yeah, I mean, for one thing, I don't drink wine like that. And then, even if so, $100 plus shipping, shit. <laughs> like, I'm a cheap bitch. Come on now. Like, y'all can't be fucking. <laughs> well, there's somebody else who happened to get some new merchandise you might be further oh, interested God. in. And that is none other, the one, the only, Sue's Sue. Hey, yeah. Prince Mom. She has a t shirt now on Pro Wrestling Tees. Just a shirt too. Oh. Yeah, you can get her shirt. Let's see if we can get it up on the screen here. No, it's the same thing. It's just, I guess, it's in black and white. That is awesome. It doesn't even have. It's funny because that shirt transcends time. Because, like, even if you're not a wrestling fan, it doesn't really have anything wrestling related on it. You know, it just looks like just somebody, just some woman. It looks like some shit you would see in Hot Topic. Like, I like this. This is a really good. I'd wear this. It doesn't matter if they know or not. It still conveys the message I want. <laughs> I'm looking that at it. The shirt so the, good. You only have to be a wrestling fan. Like yeah, that's, a, that's the first shirt that is just so good. You don't even have to be a wrestling fan. It's just great. I love. Oh, my God. You got to think what she got talked to do with this bitch. She did not see this shit coming. Which is fucking wonderful. That is nuts. Okay. Gotta pick and choose these stories here because I want to get to our voting and everything else. Um, Apparently, Rob Van Dam and his girlfriend are now done with Impact Wrestling, huh? And RVD and Katie Forbes are free agents. The last time I saw them, I was looking at, I think I saw on social media, she got pile-driven or something by, I think, Sammy Callahan. Uh, 
Yeah, basically they had a match, and uh, the condition was if Rob won, Katie uh, got basically five minutes to, in a sense, beat on Sammy Callahan. And uh, that five minutes did not go quite the way she expected. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. But apparently they just said that they left him, and uh, that was it. He hadn't been under any contract. It was short term, and... uh, you know, the doors open for him to return. And I did hear previous interviews with RVD where he basically talked about how he doesn't really get attached to any company or anything like that on the, the weeks before this. So that really doesn't surprise yeah. me. It's really not a bad way to go at, go about it to an extent sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Like, like always kind of put yourself in a position where if something better comes around, you can just peace out. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not as an opportunity for him to show up in other places for a while. If they'll take him as a free agent, AEW will take anybody. Yeah, who knows where he could show up. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, good old virus because I I thought we were past the point where we would have a separate segment to talk about how this has affected wrestling. But we yeah. seem to be right back at square one once again. And... uh Basically, we spoke last week about how this virus was happening and just the fact that uh, it infected NXT. According to PW Insider, they were saying that uh, the reason why this happened was because there was an NXT talent that threw a party at his fellow trainees uh, all showed up at this thing. And uh, they they asymptomatically transmitted it amongst people at this party i don't know any names or any information like that i couldn't tell you exactly what was going on what we do know is that uh they shut down their ww shut down their training classes um and we don't know when the classes are going to be resuming the, the performance center as i explained to you guys before i said my theory was that they were going to be turning into like a little mini thunderdome we can confirm it was being renovated so right now they had a building close to the performance center where the training was being done that was frozen at this point because of the fact that this infection has spread. Uh, WWE released a statement saying, as part of ongoing testing protocols, WWE completed its second round of weekly COVID-19 testing on Tuesday. Individuals that tested positive will quarantine for 14 days, receive medical care, and then will only be cleared when they are symptom-free and test negative. Additionally, extensive contact tracing has taken place and other individuals have been placed in 14-day quarantine and will then only be cleared after they test negative. So that's their official... Uh, statement in regards to what was going on here and uh, Brian Alvarez talked about our wrestling observer and he said that when they started announcing the competitors for the gauntlet eliminator during the NXT um, he said that like a lot of those guys were top were, were the top five competitors for the North American title and he said it's not the North American title it's for the NXT title and he said that people like concluding that this COVID thing must have taken out everybody this is who they're left with uh, so when he first started hearing the rumors, he asked some of the people at NXT and they heard nothing about it. Zero. They said the story that COVID is the reason for these matches, that there's nothing to it, and that they heard nothing. So apparently there are people that were still trying to cover up and say that they had nothing to do with it. Uh, but uh, yeah, they don't really want anybody to know anything. They're trying to keep everything secret, according to him. So well, it's just something else to keep in mind here. And uh yeah, I guess there are going to be people who are not available. Whoever's infected is obviously not going to be able to be at TakeOver now. Yeah. You know, which is the reason why they've had to change stories and they've had to change booking and stuff. Oh, yeah, that kind of... That's definitely a thorn. And apparently they knew about these infections uh, since September 9th, 
according to Fightful. They discover them there, and that's when they started making the changes. So it's not like uh, they haven't been making them or putting things into place already. And they said that a lot of the classes for the recruits were canceled, aside from a central culture sticking around. Um, and this is the reason why they waited so long to announce who was going to be in that gauntlet eliminator, because they didn't know ahead of time exactly who was going to be there. So, uh, yeah. Chelsea Green had reported that she was positive with the virus and that she has just now recovered. I guess when you recover, you're allowed to say something because she still works underneath the WWE flag. But uh, she said, it feels so good to be out and about again after testing positive for COVID. I'm thankful. I started to feel like myself. Wear your masks, people. There's somebody there. Also, we had... You're going to get heat because she said, wear your mask. Yeah, right. That's it. Now they hate her. You know, that's it. That's it. Serena Deeb, another person, not testing positive. But she said, earlier this week, I came into contact with an individual who later tested positive for COVID-19. I am taking extra precaution. I will be self-quarantining for 10 days. I guess maybe this is a few days ago. So that would make sense why she would do that. Benjamin Carter. Don't really know him, but apparently he trained at Seth Rollins' wrestling academy. He's another person who uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, Bandito and Ultimo Guerrero are other people who have also tested positive for COVID-19. So that is uh, people from CMLL. And he was supposed to, Ultimo Guerrero was supposed to defend the uh, World Trio Championship uh with uh, Euphoria and Grand and Grand Guerrero against Hector, um, El Terrible and Templario, but uh, now instead it's gonna be Soberano Jr. Um, I guess against Vol Volador Jr. I'm not even sure exactly. I don't really follow his company too much, but since this happened, the news leaked some pictures of Ultimo Guerrero, um. Apparently, he's been during the quarantine serving food or something to make his to supplement his income. And uh, they caught some pictures of him doing so with his mask pulled down, which has gotten him some heat, as you can see here. Not a good look. That is an LA LA Times article that caught the photo of him. And the original story was actually about uh, wrestlers or what they were doing during the time to to try to make money and ironically came back full circle because it shows that he wasn't wearing a mask when he was serving food. Not good. Could have just pulled it down for the photo, but even then don't be, don't have food in front of your face. You know, do that. That could be done differently. You know, all, put, the, put, put the food down somewhere. You know, also that girl's ass in the background is distracting. Put a little bit more focus <laughs> on the photo. On the other. That cake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that COVID cake. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not proud of that at all. Wait, what's funny, damn it. Yeah. Everyone in retribution has been quarantined for precautionary reasons. There is no retribution people. That's the reason why they were not doing anything with all of the members. They are not, all of them literally just fresh came up from NXT. They're just not clear to compete. That's all we know. We can't say if it's that they tested. Uh, apparently, uh, it's been reported that they tested negative for COVID, but they still have to quarantine because they came into proximity with someone who tested positive. So whether they're negative or not, they have to quarantine for two weeks now. But Ryan Satin is the one who reported that they tested negative. So assuming that information is correct, it's just a precautionary thing. But now they got to figure out how to do without them for two weeks. Uh, Brian Cage, uh, he tweeted, I said, not feeling very well, but still looking good. Best body guy, even while sick and out of the gym. He doesn't confirm that he has COVID, but we just know that he wasn't feeling very well. Which you... Unfortunately, can't even chance it. 
Yeah, and again, this is the reason why the uh, Gauntlet Eliminator was was uh, dealt with the way that it was. And people were reporting, uh, apparently this was um, the Living Gimmick podcast with John Alba, and uh, he was talking about that there hadn't been uh, enforcement on mask wearing uh, where some of the talent was congregating like they should at the gym and at the performance center or places like that, which he doesn't know for sure. Um, what the situation was every day there. He doesn't want to speculate, but he thinks that they're getting tested every day just to go to the performance center. And he thinks it's primarily for TV tapings and, and the Thunderdome situation is different. So, uh, but really he doesn't know what the fuck's happening. I don't even know why he's talking. Shut the fuck up, dude. There's all speculation. Any idiot can speculate, you know, but, uh, yeah, we know that there are other people. Lance Archer also, he tested positive. Apparently, yeah, I guess he came into contact with somebody outside of AEW. Yeah, exactly. Lance Archer, that's a big exactly deal. exactly why uh, a lot of things have been changed up with this past Dynamite. Yeah, he basically said, when I returned from our last show, a family member was ill when I got home. Uh, I found out later a friend who had taken my family member to the vet for our Dutch hunt was COVID positive. While at work, now I've gotten sick, tested positive, I feel okay, expect to see me in two weeks. Okay, so he's sick too. Ethan Page Page is another person. He pulled himself, apparently. Man, this list, this is crazy, right? So what's the story with Ethan Page here? They're they're waiting results for their COVID tests. Ethan Page, one half of uh, the North, the former tag champions in Impact. Mm Mm-hmm. And apparently... uh, we're hearing that the reason why we're having NXT and AEW coming out together is because NXT and AEW talent do socialize and go to the gym to, together. And some of them obviously live together. I mean, they're all in Florida, right? Yeah. I mean, this is obviously really, you're going to run into somebody. Yeah. So that in itself is a bit of a problem, you know, and uh, it, while all of this is going on, um, the governor of Florida, DeSantis, basically said that they were going to be moving into phase three of the reopening plan. It's kind of funny how it's like the, the timing of this seems uh, a little bit lax, really, with what's happening, especially since he was so heavily involved in the decision to keep the WWE and the performance center and all that shit open. I just think the right. timing is a bit poor with uh, all of this happening. But basically, there's no restrictions right now on gatherings. So that does mean the WWE can do a bit more after they're done with the Thunderdome. And with Phase 3, they can uh, have theme parks at full capacity, and uh, but they just kind of recommend you still avoid crowded spaces. And uh, even though you're allowed to do this now, the governor is apparently saying large spectator sporting events should consider reducing capacity with limited social distancing protocols. So you can pretty much do it and get away with it now, and it's up to your discretion whether you how limited your arenas are. This might be why they only rented out this Thunderdome instead of for the rest of the year, but into October, because they're pretty much in contact with the governor enough to know that this was probably going to be lifted. So you're going to probably be seeing fans sooner than you should, realistically speaking, since there are, since it's clearly still out there and people are getting sick from it as we speak. That's the worst possible time that you could uh, do this. I just listed more people than I have since this whole thing started. I don't see how we went from where we were to where we are. And because of that, you're now allowed to have more. But whatever, that's that. That's the state and that's their decision. So let them do it. Uh, other people that it seems to have affected is uh, Jackson Riker. 
which I bet you wish that he got sick from it because he's always encouraging people not to wear a mask, don't you? Don't you wish that that's what it was? But that's not what it is. But it does seem like what we're hearing is that uh, Jackson Riker is no longer on the internal roster sheet, according to Fightful. Only Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler are. So it might sound like uh, because of the fact that he was doing that anti-mask stuff. And I don't like the fact that the Sheets wrote it as right-wing social media posting. Again, not being left or right, but that's how they get you. You see what I mean? That's a, that's a, and I don't want to get too political on here, but that's a very democratic strategy because if you hear that kind of shit enough, you start to believe it. Anytime someone says some dumb shit, the left will always report it as a right-wing belief. And that's like presumptuous to basically say that his right wing social media posting because the right wing is basically considered right wing if you don't believe in mask wearing. And again, that's my problem with politics. Why does something have to be left or right as opposed to individual beliefs and values? That should not be classified. We politicize mask, which is stupid because now you're, you're essentially making people make a choice based on who they would like for president, who they would like, what political party they stand for as opposed to what's best for their health. So, but either way, this guy, because of the fact that he's posting shit like that, it sounds like they want to distance themselves from him. Ironically, even though WWE on a corporate level itself is right wing, which this whole thing doesn't really make any sense any more than their own storylines. Even Kane got some heat. Oh yeah. <laughs> this one I heard a little bit about. So what exactly happened here? Apparently Kane made a video where he called out the health board members of, uh, of, I guess, Knox County, Tennessee, where he's the mayor. But even though he made the video, he didn't ever release the video. According to him, the video got leaked, but it, he got a lot of heat with them. So I want to see, like, what exactly we're looking at here. I was outraged to see the Freedom Forward video that he released literally um, the very next day. Tense and heated moments at the Knox County Board of Health meeting tonight. Some members calling out Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs for a video he narrated saying they felt threatened by it. This comes amid ongoing discussions about the health board's power and calls to limit it. WAT6 on your side reporter Elizabeth Kubel listened in on the hours-long meeting. She joins us now live here to kind of break down for us what happened tonight, Elizabeth. Well, Bo, Mayor Jacobs did apologize several times, but it is clear that video, it did not sit well with board members. After the usual presentation, about the COVID-19 situation in Knox County at UT Medical Center and at the University of Tennessee, conversation shifted to this video and the board's reaction to it. Now is the time for a movement. A movement that champions our God-given natural rights. Board of Health member Dr. Maria Hurt played this video during Wednesday night's meeting. Released one day after, she says Mayor Jacobs told community members not to voice their frustrations at the health board. This foundation is once again under attack from some ominous enemy abroad, sinister forces within elected bureaucrats who cast down edicts which carry the force of law with no accountability and no recourse. I believe it's inappropriate. It's dangerous. It only reinforces the emails, the mails, the phone calls that we on the Board of Health get. It disturbed me. It disheartened me. It hurt. Other board members also voiced their concern. And in response, Mayor Jacobs apologized several times and explained his reasoning. My intention with that video is not to put anyone in harm's way, is not to threaten anyone. And I'm sorry if it came across like that. 
as I have said multiple times, and I said it in that video, um, you know, it, the point was to try to get people to talk, speak out, to show up at meetings. Chairman Dr. Jack Gocher also brought up a Knox County Commission resolution on the table, proposing a limit on the health board's power. It is the first time we have heard the board address it as a group, with Dr. O'Brien volunteering to speak on their behalf at commission's next meeting. Dr. O'Brien, if you would like to go, I will stand with you. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I'm okay. I'm not worried. I know you are, but I just, I will stand with you and, you know, we will stand there together, okay? Now, County Commission is set to discuss and vote on that resolution next week. It was moved to Monday's meeting without recommendation. The Knox County Health Board is set to meet two days later on Wednesday. Okay, okay, so, we got it. They're, right, Matt, they're, they're, Matt, they're mad at Kane. <sighs> I mean, he. You gotta be careful what you say or it comes off as political now. It's just like, hey. Well, you. it was political. It's very political. Yeah. But you, you have to be careful that it's not the right kind of political. If it's not the political they want, then you're an asshole. Yeah. That's the way that it is in this society now, right? You got to say something that doesn't offend anybody. None Can't of them. have your own opinion. Can't be yeah. real with people. Yeah. Nope. Not at all. Yeah. all right. I'm motherfuckers going to hate me the rest of 2020. But... Yeah. <laughs> Who cares, right? Let them hate you. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Don't <laughs> you understand? I have a field day with y'all fuckers. Like yeah. All right. Let's talk about some of the weekly stuff that has happened in our world of wrestling. A lot of shit. Yeah. So. I guess we can start with something like AEW Dynamite, right? Yeah. Which I don't really want to talk about everything that happened here, but I definitely do want to talk about certain things that went down. Uh, we get Miro. He has his debut match, right? It's Miro and Kip Sabian against Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. That is correct. Mm-hmm. This was a disaster. Even people Ugh. within AEW called this a disaster. Yeah, this was so bad. And it's funny because they released a video of it and it says Miro doesn't disappoint in his debut. And it was like, well, actually, no, he he did disappoint in his debut. Like it was really yeah. disappointing the entire time. Nothing went correct. Uh, didn't didn't uh, what's his name? Take a bad bump. One of these guys. I think Joey Janela took a shitty bump or something like he didn't yeah. even know how to. I mean, that guy, has to go, man, like I'm going to see here. I'm going to have this running here without the audio. So we could take a quick look here. But uh, is this the bump right here? No, that's this not might it. Might be it. But it just wasn't a good match. Miro didn't look good out there. They didn't look good out there. Nothing looked good. And nothing really worked well. Uh, you know, there's not really much else that I could say about it. It was disappointing. Yeah. It was uh it it, it happened. And look who they're putting him in the ring with, man. Like I know everybody loves this AEW stuff, but at the end of the day, um, you know, these guys don't really have what it takes to have the kind of matches that you're looking for. You know, like, I mean, the only thing about it that made sense about putting him up against with that team is like you have to put him up with a team he's not going to lose to. Yeah. And it's like, I've always been a fan of Sonny Kiss, but yeah, Sonny Kiss ain't carrying that team by himself. So I do like his new ring gear better. I think that he has much better looking ring gear. Yes. uh, Miro's overall look works better here. He it was like I said in the chat room, he looks bigger. Mm hmm. Like, he visibly looks like there's more there than there was in WWE. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I hate to say it, but a bunch of pretty much unknown people and Miro is not the best way to showcase his debut. You know, Janela just looks terrible. He just botches certain things. Uh, 
there was they that kept double team kiss on dark just too much like, yeah that double team pop-up lung blower just looked awkward the one that kiss took from kip that just didn't look the yeah. same uh the accolade it's now called the game over in reference to him being a twitch gamer at one point in this match he shoot tweaks his knee and he's limping around on the outside i think he was okay after or he shoot tweaks his ankle or something yeah, but he, he, pretty was much like, he looked like he rolled his ankle yeah it just looked it just looked off you know <sighs> you know this yeah. company is not doing great when it comes to the big stars like they're building up their own talent but whenever they get someone from somewhere else it's almost like they're the opposite of TNA. TNA, no matter who they get, they would put them in the main event and make them the champion. This company will take people and just throw them in the undercard, and they're like not even holding their own, you know. So there it is. There's the game over right there. And yeah, he taps and everything. He gets to finish, but there was just a lot of stuff during this that just didn't work. That just didn't look good. And I know everybody was so busy marking over Miro, they probably didn't even take the time to look at the fact that the shit doesn't work good, you know. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm not really feeling the stuff that's happening in this company right now i know a lot of you guys are high on them and you're enjoying it and i'm enjoying certain things about it too but i feel like everything else the honeymoon phase is over it does have its flaws and uh, the flaws are talked about but i don't think nearly enough and to me that's a major major no-no here you know yeah like when it comes down to me yeah for me definitely the honeymoon phase is over i still enjoy it more than the other place but i'm not gonna act like everything's perfect because it's everything not isn't. everything is not perfect like that, that's one thing oh. where i think that sometimes it gets a little confused with me it's not that i 100 percent like this company it's just that i've always said this company is definitely better than the other place but i'm not gonna sit there and act like there's not problems but you know what this place isn't consistently better than the other place and it's not even always yeah. better than the other place there are times that yeah. the other place is completely better you know, and I'm not even talking about. And then, about truth be told, I think it's because the only part of the only place I even consider any of these days is NXT, because there's been NXTs where I'm like, wow, I don't know how they lost the ratings on that one, but when we get into those ratings, I think I have a theory about it at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's something I was thinking about earlier today, and it might, it, I don't know if it's the full blown reason, but it might explain why things are kind of the way they are with the ratings. Well, do tell. So what I'm thinking is because we've had times where we've enjoyed NXT more than AEW, but then we look at the ratings, NXT loses by like 200 something thousand viewers. I think it's just because at this point, there's people who have literally just decided this is where I'm sticking no matter what happens. And unfortunately, there's more of them on AEW than there are on NXT. Well, that's so when it comes to that when it comes to that ratings, Mm -hmm. that's where it's going to be like. They're not all they're not going to for the ratings end. They're not going to be the better show. But if we're looking at it the way we look at it, there's going to be times where it's going to still be back and forth. Right. Now, as far as the ratings go, that's pretty much the nature of the beast with anything in the ratings game. The the risk of having consistently bad shows and storylines on anything that's on regular television is you lose viewers and you may not necessarily be able to get them back. You lose them to yeah, somebody the battle else. Lines get drawn. It's, it's not just between NXT and AEW. It's just in general, people have made a decision at that point. But the same way, you also are given opportunities to gain people back. We can take that and run with it, but only to a certain extent. There have been days where both AEW and NXT have been given Wednesdays and the other one hasn't been around. And that's when you're supposed to put your best shit together and you're supposed to bring people back, which NXT might have done. 
you know, I'm sure if we go back and look at the times AEW was on a Tuesday or Thursday, NXT generally, if you go and look at the last couple of months, they put a lot of really important matches and things there. Why do you think we even had these things? Well, what do we have? Super Tuesdays and shit? And where it's like they did like a main event that was a fatal four-way, but then they didn't even want that to have a conclusion because they wanted you to come back for a fucking Iron Man match. That was them literally acknowledging that what you're describing happens and that they're aware of it. They realized that they were down 200,000 and now they're being given a different day of the week where maybe they could yank some of that competition back over here. And they tried it and uh, it didn't work. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I think there's just too much overexposure happening with NXT and WWE in general. And people just kind of feel like it's a palate cleanser when on a Wednesday you don't have to see them or their logos or their stuff for a little while. Yeah. You the battle lines so, for the AEW versus NXT fans have been drawn. Yeah, and it's like and, at this point, everybody's sticking to their guns. And then they jumped the gun also being the first ones out the door. When the Wednesday Night War started, they went as far as to start two Wednesdays ahead of AEW, even though the time slot hadn't even been completely freed yet. Only the first hour of it was free and they were finishing up suits. Remember that? But they wanted they, to have they, they one hour it, NXT episodes, you know, where you would have to AEW switch to the network for the second hour because they were so desperate to get their exposure out there first. Problem with doing that. And when you get your exposure out there first is that that means that on week three, which is when the war really begins, why am I going to tune into you? I've been watching you for two weeks. I want to see what the other thing's going to do. So they basically kind of sealed their fate. I don't even understand how you can have a company and know the way TV and ratings work and make these decisions and then come out the other end with shit on your face like that. I don't get it because it's kind of like we, we knew like it was like we, why, why that would be a bad idea. And it was. And in turn, and it and haunted them forever. So I really don't feel bad. I never recover from that. Yeah, I really don't feel bad. But no, what you're saying is exactly what happened. And and it's not even a matter of good or bad anymore. That's another important thing that makes it harder for people to turn off their loyalty to you. Not just in wrestling, but in games, in TV shows, comic books, novels, anything. And the key thing that can lock somebody into you, no matter what, is for there to be consistent, good continuity. Because I'm not going to tune into another show, even if that week it's better. If I have a show with, with continuity that I'm following there, it's a storyline. There are things happening in the storyline and I want to know what happens next. And in any good storyline, there are high and low points. So as a consistent viewer, I'm going to be aware that not every week might have the stuff that I have, but it's still a means to an end to get to the next point in the story. If I miss that, I've now missed a piece of a story that I've been following. But. If you're like WWE and you don't give a shit about continuity one week to the next, then I can afford to drop you and watch something else and come back. And whatever storylines you did came and went because you did it all in a week. Your hot shot is hot shot booking. You just did it through the curtain when as you were going along. So nothing really matters that I need to watch here. So I can afford to always drop that. And then there's also the fact that you replay the same clips of what happened five minutes ago over and over and over again through the night. Even if I missed this 12 times, there's no way between this and the replays and the YouTube and the bump and all the other shit that they do and the recap before the pay-per-view. There's so many opportunities to get WWE content. And that content isn't even in a consistent continuity. That why would they have more viewers? If you were to ask somebody what happened in NXT... They would tell you match for match what happened and even on Raw or SmackDown, but really none of this stuff plays into a bigger picture. There's no episode that you would need to see before going into a pay-per-view. Almost ever. You could just watch Clash of Champions on Sunday and not have watched in months and you're fine. Yeah, you're caught up. <laughs> and that's a both an, a good and a, and a bad thing because you your your product is basic enough that someone can tune in and keep up with it and not feel excluded from what's going on. 
but it's just that easy to exclude yourself when you're not committed to anything that's going on. Your your, your regulars already know the pattern, so they literally just have to know, like, hey, I just got to make sure I don't miss the pre-show to TakeOver this Sunday. I got to make sure I don't miss a pre-show to Clash or anything. Especially because when we... Because as long as, they don't, as long as they don't miss that, they're caught up. We've become a very episodic culture, and a lot of it has to do back with our earlier conversation about subscription-based services. We're a very episodic culture now, even in sitcoms, which used to be excluded from that. Even a sitcom, if you've watched from season one to season eight, there's literally character development now. It's not like the old sitcoms used to be. There's just these characters, and each one of them is a stereotype, and each stereotype is filling their roles and spitting their lines to a laugh track, and then we go home at the end, and we do it again next week. If you look at sitcoms, sitcoms are more sophisticated. They're still sitcoms. But the formulas change. The characters grow and develop and change and their relationships to one another all change. And that's not to say we haven't had that in the past, because obviously there are cases of that. But it's now just to such a greater extent with things that you can't afford to be doing this this monster of the week shit, which is where it's just this week you just have that. That's what it used to be the way stories would go even like uh something like supernatural would sometimes do it i don't watch that show but i just know the formula where there would be like seasons where each episode changes into the other in a big arc or saga if you will but then you have your monster of the week episodes where the episode starts and by the end of the episode whatever was resolved was resolved and if you missed that one nothing no harm done maybe don't mention it again in the previous one but it, it's not really arcing that's what raw's become in a lot of ways you they're just monster of the week episodes now Certain things really tie over, but not enough to really keep an audience. And unfortunately, NXT's become that same way. So, you know, your ratings theory is spot on, and it's mainly because that's what they that that's the way that literally things work. So AEW, the I, one advantage that they have is it's a storyline that they keep writing more to. Yeah, every episode connects to the point where if you want to know what's going to happen with something after this week, you have to watch next week. And that's the way that it's supposed to be. That is exactly yeah. how it's supposed to be. Because the funny thing is, I didn't even start thinking about that when it came to the ratings until, I think, maybe Thursday. <laughs> I don't know why I hadn't thought about it earlier, but yeah. I noticed the consistency. So. Well, that's the reason they anticipated that. But their their remedy was to start two weeks earlier because that's what they thought was going to happen. And they thought that the two weeks would buy them the rest of that, you know, and just lean everybody over to them for good. It's yeah. just that it didn't, you know doesn't work like that. You, you you show up with something two weeks before something else. That means you give me two weeks to get used to it so I know what to expect after I've seen what the new stuff can do. Yeah, and the something else ain't even really that great. Yeah. The, the best strategy in that case, if you want to do the two-week thing, if you're committed to it, which I recommend, would be to literally do the two-week thing the way they used to back 10 years from now, build to a pay, pay-per-view with four weeks. You should have had two NXTs for those two weeks that were one hour long. They were doing nothing but building to that third NXT. They should have just been encounters and things with just enough of a tease that people need to be there for that blow off. Instead, it was like, here's NXT. We are NXT. This is how we wrestle. This is what we do two times. Come back for the third. That's not how it, it works. It was literally like they just transitioned it over to the network with no real pop. Yeah. But I digress. We're still on AEW Dynamite here. I don't want to completely destroy the stuff here. But they released, this is this best man, Kip Sabin, and his best man, Mira, apparently looking for a place for the bachelor party, and they wind up at an arcade. You know, photo shoots key for his bachelor party at the best spot, of course. Arcade. Here we Oh, that is loud. Oh, golazo! Golazito! 
so far this is not too entertaining. You gotta chase it all the way in New York now. See, there's no way to build a monster character out of this guy. If everything he does is gonna be 61 miles an hour, like though. This. You think we're rich, we have many balls. <laughs> I don't know, I think this keeper's on fire. Oh, yeah, I was post. Technique, we're going for technique on this one. Cristiano. Oh, come on, you gotta be kidding me. How about It's like you're having the bachelor party now. You should save all this footage and have made it the bachelor party. Next time. Okay, Arnold. By the All way, right. I'm sorry I got distracted by my phone here. Uh, shout out to the uh, the Real Gimmicks Twitter account. I'm assuming that it is run by Gallows and Anderson that tweeted to Talk Brunch and said, stay tuned for more. We're crying. Are you fucking kidding me? No. I get we it. Stay here. tuned for more. We out here. <laughs> Pretty funny. Thank you for that <laughs> little acknowledgement there. Oh, man. Uh, too fun, too fun. Anyway, so why does Kenny Omega look like he and Tony Khan are sharing a wardrobe? It might be. You know, like they about they almost the same size. T shirt and shorts look for Kenny Omega. I know he does that character. Come on, man. Where's the where's the where's the freaking cleaner at? He's coming. Eventually, I would like to think so, you know. I feel like that's what he's coming back. I feel like the cleaner's coming back. We keep hearing the tease of it. So we'll have to see. So more heel stuff from the Bucks because now Tony Schiavone is interviewing uh, Matt Jackson at the door to their dressing room. And I guess he offends them and they take his smartphone and smash it and give him money for another one. That's fucked up. Like, I mean, it's 2020. It's inconvenient for an hour at best. Right. Like, ah, oh, there goes my lunch. Well, the fuck That's up. So weird. Top next thing, they're gonna order. They're gonna order a pizza in his name, right? That's gonna be the next, the, the oh, next malicious thing. Oh, we ordered a pizza, Tony. No, no, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna order from like three different restaurants under his DoorDash. This story yeah. doesn't look good for them. They're acting like a couple of cartmans. Like they're like, we lost our best friend. We lost our buddies. It's just like, come on, man. Like I know we're supposed to dislike them, but damn, could we dislike them in a different way, like less of a bratty way? Like, what do you think of this heel turn with them? I mean, I've, you know, it's an interesting. I haven't even been thinking that they're turning heel. I just think that it's been pissed off and taken it out on anything and anyone moving. Jeez. Like, maybe it's just maybe it's just me thinking outside the box. The fact that I haven't seen it as a heel turn. It's just, it's just like, you know what? You're there. <laughs> Fucking you with the face. Yeah. Like, I. What else happened? We got to go quick because we still have NXT stuff to do. But anyway, Cody returns and attacks the Dark Order. But he wasn't gone that long. His music hits. The lights caught on one who could be. It's Cody. What's it been? Two weeks? There's people that have quarantined longer than this dude. It's been like a month. A month and a half, maybe. Since that point where where the whole Rhodes family was lined up at the top. That was a month and a half ago? It's been long. It's been a minute. I don't feel like somebody somebody please chime in and comment so later on the man. It can't have been that long. I feel like that shit just happened. (sighs) This time has been flying fucking by, huh? I know Brody's been champ for a bit. And now he's back to being in all dark, but he seemed even more dark. Almost where it seemed like he was glowing blue. It look, yeah, it looked, it looked like it was flat black. 
No, it looked almost a dark blue to me. But yeah, maybe black. Like it was a jet black or where we almost get that Wait, blue which reflection I know, like, from the, the light. Blue in his hair was darker. It was kind of like that darkish brown, but it looked like straight black. Like I saw And, and this is another example with me with AEW where it's like even things that I enjoy for some reason just don't work underneath their flag I was one of the biggest Cody Rhodes guys back in 2011 his entire WWE run everything he did almost all of his matches and then New Japan and everything he did in Ring of Honor now he's here and it's just kind of like there's just nothing happening that I really give a shit about you know like it it doesn't really I don't know nothing's resonating with me that they're doing I like I feel like can someone name to me one person in AEW that looks better than they did anywhere else that they were previously. That's not like from like the deep indies, but that was like at Ring of Honor or New Japan or WWE. So who so far looks better here? Well, you can definitively say without a doubt that this is better for them and it fits them better from one that of the big John guys. Moxley. Even him. What's so much better about his world title run here than it was there? What can you remember about it that stood out to you? At least with the WWE, as much as I criticized it, I can remember the time that he forgot the title in the fucking cab. There's not a single yeah, no, relative that, that moment was, that, that I can remember. Their, that, but that, that was like their funny, let's make sure we don't take them seriously bullshit. Whereas I'm watching this man choke people unconscious. now. <laughs> I, I just don't know what it is, man. I'm not seeing, you know what, honestly, and I hate to say it, but Jericho, out of everybody who's there, is probably the person who looked the best. Where somehow at his age and at the point he is in his career, his run is really memorable. He's made him, he's reinvented himself again, but that's just because he's Jericho. I don't even think it's because it's AEW. You know, think yeah. of how many Yo, versions of Jericho there Jericho are. Because as long as you give him some semblance of control, it comes out fantastic. Jericho, if you were to look at his history, probably has the most gimmicks out of everyone in the entire wrestling world. He's never been the same person for more than a year. His popular gimmick stand out, but he didn't stay with the Y2J. He didn't stay with the Lionheart. You know, he didn't stay with the Save Us. Remember when he returned? He didn't stay with the short-haired, stoic, walking, and not really doing any selling gimmick too long. He didn't stay with the You Just Made the List too long. You know, he didn't stay with the flashing jacket too long and the scarf. There was always something, and he kept it going up to this very point. The 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 pain maker in New Japan and now this. So it's more Jericho than it is the AEW that he's just uh, a really creative dude, you know? Yeah, and Jericho's really never had a gimmick that didn't work. Just each one worked for different ways, but... And I mentioned this in the chat, and I want to mention it here again, but Moxley said um, on that, I think it was in the podcast with uh, Jericho, ironically, where he said that he didn't like to be in a lot of hokey, weird, goofy, silly stuff. Remember that? Like, that was his thing. I want to be involved with too many silly, hokey, campy things. Notice how far he stays away from everyone in AEW. It's almost like it's a completely separate part of the show. He comes from his entrance through the crowd. He faces his opponent. You never see him in backstage stuff with them, doing things or talking with them or interacting with them. Uh, you know, it's just he's completely exempt from all of the other shit going on. And it's because it's hokey. Silly. You know, a lot of it, unfortunately, disappointingly. Anything else stayed out with you? That that was it for me with AEW far stuff. I mean, I know you had Adam Page well, uh, go up against the uh, against Evil Uno, who was out there with the Dark Order, right? And he got both shot Larry then yeah. Mm-hmm. You had Brody Lee against Orange Cassidy with uh Brody Lee going over. And that was why I'm triggering the Cody thing, but the real star of the show mm-hmm. was my girls. Yes, you had Ivelisse and Diamante against Akaroshida and Thunder Rosa. Once again, we have only four women that are one hundred percent functional on the roster, so we're gonna use all four of them one hundred percent functionally. <laughs> and I, yeah. I ain't complaining a bit. Yeah, and with Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa going over here. She uh, connected connected um, with her knee lift. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, um, fucking Rosa has been great. It's been so much fun having her. Mm-hmm. I did like the Jericho uh, MJF stuff where the two of them were complimenting each other. They sort of had like a heel bonding moment where you have uh, what's her name in the background, uh, Dasha Dasha Gonzalez. Dasha Fuentes, was- you know, and they kind of cast her to the side, and they're both basically, uh, you know, they're putting each other over and and debunking anything that one another said about each other, and they they both sort of uh they make fun of Tony Schiavone and they both just sort of have a moment. It's weird. It's almost like they teased them Jeff being part of the inner circle. And then they just kind of left that alone and he did his own thing. And the two of them just kind of are, they cross paths every now and then. They, they, they kind of leave it open. So it's like, if it ever came down to it, he could, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's like much. Billy. Yeah. Speak of the devil being exempt from everything except his own angle. John Moxley defends the world championship against Eddie Kingston, which I don't understand these title shots anymore. Guess what happened here? You know, because Moxley, it, it, it was just it, it, for some. I don't know why this was their why this was their backup plan. It literally had to be. Uh, we just gotta get something before the on air because we found out day of, but it was because Archer got sick, so they couldn't do the six man they were gonna do. Right. So I guess this was the substance. That doesn't make sense. I didn't think about that. You're right, but there was no Lance Archer, so this gives Eddie Kingston the the, the shot. Uh, basically, and because these two actually do go way back. So, yeah, so I've actually noticed this. Um, one thing I've somewhat kind of like the AEW's been letting Moxley do, he gets to mix it up with old friends again. Because these two wrestled, I think, in 2006 in ICW for for quite a while. So Yeah, and to his credit, he's not hitting everything. He's not ending everything with the paradigm shift here, because here's an example where he chokes him out. It's basically rear naked choke into bulldog choke and passes him out yeah. for the finish there. So, uh, you know, that looks good. And I know they do have high regard for uh, Eddie Kingston and what he does, and he does have a pretty big fan base. So I do understand the charisma that he has uh, in that sense, um, yeah. when this is all said and done, the Lucha Bros come out attacking Moxley. Basically, they're not a stable, but they sure act like, act like they are. And uh, it seems to be like they seem to be a case where like they're friends. Yeah. So it's like, oh. yeah. And then Will Hobbs comes in after that to help freaking Moxley out there, but uh, that doesn't really work out too well for him. And uh, then you have freaking uh, who came out after that? Darby Allen. Right. Right. And uh, then Ricky Starks comes out from him because of the storyline that they have. And he went up spearing Darby. And then um, Taz is there. And he's just basically there. And everybody basically gets beat up by the heels. You know? Yeah, faked it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know. AEW is okay. They have certain things that I like, certain things that I don't, just like any other company. Um, you know, I would like to see other stuff, though. You know, I'd like to see them push a lot more of the other guys. There are certain people who don't get enough TV time. Even your boys. I know how much you like the Lucha Bros. They're just basically goons in this angle. Um, Yeah, they've been in a weird dead spot. (sighs) Yeah, a lot of people who don't deserve it as much are being way more featured than characters like that that are big deals to happen there. Even even the Revival, who uh, they they tried so hard to get the Revival. And every time I see them, they're just in the background making snarky remarks about the elite's angles. Oh, you guys aren't getting along? Oh, you boys are having problems? Oh, you guys guys are angry at each other? Oh, you're not answering a text message? It's like, what the fuck? Why are you guys in the background of every... Can you go do something? (laughs) They wanted this FTR shit so badly, and now it's just a bunch of snarky guys guys in the background being smug you know they, i know they recently put up a picture of the the the, the box where they're dressed in in what remember those goofy suits that we thought were going to be the revival like the concept oh, suits that God. they look almost like leprechaun they put those on and said this would have been us if we went there but it's kind of but at the same time do something else though do something innovative for me to talk about you know i just don't feel like that's there unfortunately uh we will do nxt 
at the end of this mainly i know we're switching it up but that's specifically because we have the poll going tonight i do want to talk to you guys about something important in regards to other stuff happening ring of honor is back they came back with the september 11th episode unless you have your own means to get it i don't know how you can watch it at this point because the uh the website ring of honor rhwrestling.com will only have the most recent weekly episode but if you do go there and you press watch you will be given i believe the september 24th is it or yeah, the september 25th one of the two they, right now they brought back the ring of honor pure championship hashtag rh yeah. pure uh, this is an old school belt from way back in the day like guys like nigel mcginnis and daniel bryan held this thing right so the people that are involved in this championship are jay lethal matt seidel jonathan gresham tracy williams pj black formerly known as uh Justin Gabriel, I believe, in WWE, yes. David Finley, Silas Young, Josh Woods, Kenny King, Rocky Romero, Delirious, Dalton Castle, Tony Deppin, who I'm not really too familiar with, uh, Wheeler Utah, who I believe is making his RH debut, Russ Taylor, and Fred Yehai. So this is the teams that you have. The way that the rules work with the pure championship is you get three rope breaks that, that are actually shown on the scoreboard on the bottom. Um, and after the three rope breaks, the opponent can still tap you, whether you're under the ropes or wherever you are, you can still be tapped. So it makes you have to strategically think about when you want to hit those ropes. Also, the way it really supposed to be in wrestling, there's no such thing as closed fist punches, which is the reason we do have chops, even though now it's just like in wrestling, we have chops and closed fist punches and you can do whatever the hell you want. Uh, if you do a closed fist punch, you're given one warning. Uh, and what I like about this tournament is it's sort of a reboot to Ring of Honor. They, uh, they've given everyone backstories and they sort of reintroduced them in these video packages where they show who they were, what they did, what they've been through, uh, what they're going to be doing next, which I thought was very solid. Um, so I would definitely recommend doing it. The backstage promos that they're doing before the matches are probably better than any current wrestling promos that are going on. And it really conveys the emotion of the people and the characters and the history and the meaning of the title, things that we don't really see in promos anymore. Promos just become snarky freaking wit contest lately where it's just one guy saying something smart ass to the other guy which is why people are finding wrestling so damn cartoony because it's really just one guy seeing how much he controlled the other guy basically wrestlers verbally tweet back and forth to each other through their mouths nowadays which is what it looks like on on promos look like to me where here for example with the jay lethal he's talking about just the way he's been with samoa joe and how samoa joe sort of the guy who taught him everything that he knows and through tough love and through competition going against him and being with him and how important this championship meant and the amount of years he spent wrestling Dalton Castle the same thing he goes into like everything that he does and uh things like that it's just really exciting to see the way that they're building these guys up and uh you know just the way that they are overall it's definitely something worth checking out you can see that uh a lot went into thought as far as how this company was going to stand out from the other companies that are now going on you know and it's definitely something that I appreciate you know what were, what were your thoughts in regards to this tournament when you saw it? You know, uh, just I'd the, just the heard, overall presentation. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, one more time. I said just the overall presentation. Like when I get into the match. Oh yeah, yet. the pre the, the what I loved about the presentation so much because I was the kind of person where by the time I discovered ROH, the pure title was long gone. A lot of right. guys like the Daniel Bryan's, the Nigel Beginners, all those guys, and AJ Styles, and all those. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It it was so cool to see this title that i heard about there's like oh yeah it's coming back and you could see even the people who weren't around when it was first here 
those promos really conveyed how important it was. It's like, hey, we're basically getting a resurrect this piece of the past. Yeah. And it's like, if there's ever a way, because we, we were talking about a point where it seemed like ROH wasn't going to survive. Yeah. Not only have they survived, they have come back with a vengeance. Right. And you know what it is? They went back to being Ring of Honor. Somewhere in all of this, and it's no disrespect, because I appreciate the Japan guys. I love the Mexican style with the Lucha Libre, and I do like the Elite, the Bullet Club, all of that. But unfortunately, as cool as all those experiences were, and we all got caught up in the craziness of it too, since not stuff like that hadn't been done since like the 90s, somewhere in there, Ring of Honor started to to lose a bit of its identity from the other indies and it stopped being the whole reason why we watched it which was ring of honor the wrestling the way that the wrestling works the psychology of the wrestling and what the matches mean and the performance and detail that goes into somewhere in there and i hate to say it, it became more of a high-flying spot fest which it used to be the ring of honor had their specific style and if you couldn't wrestle that style you were not in that company and occasionally they would bring in someone from dragon gate or someone from noah or someone from new japan and it would be a special feature that they would come out with their own guys and have their own match as a way to have cross promotion and to give their own community a little bit of exposure to these other foreign brands. And somewhere we went from that to like, these guys are just in the same matches doing ring of honor stuff. They win each other's titles. And that kind of stuff is cool because it's great crossover, but they stopped doing the things that made them ring of honor. And, uh, to the point where I even forgot and going through this whole era we've gone through in 2020, there's times where I'm doing this show and I enjoy the show and everything, but I don't enjoy the wrestling as much. I enjoy being on here, discussing things with you, going through the news. I like our regulars in the chat room since we're all at this point, personal friends, uh, or at least I'd like to think we are, you know, but I, but the wrestling is kind of like, it's more for the sake. We do the show more for the sake of our own community and our friends. Cause it's our time to hang out and get together than the wrestling. And I was just thinking, am I losing my passion for it? Like maybe it's not even everyone feels the same that wrestling's good. And it's just a me thing where I'm just not having as much of a good time. I digress. That being said, when I'm looking at ring of honor, it's not me. It's the wrestling that hasn't been good because watching ring of honor, I felt the way that I feel about wrestling again. It was like, these are the things, this is why I'm watching. I was just as entertained as I was when I first started this show back in 2014. I had just as much fun enjoying it. I was engaged where I watched it. I didn't blink. You know, I was happy the entire time. I was thoroughly entertained. I had no complaints. It, it brought me back, you know, and it was good because when there's this much shit wrestling going on, you start to think maybe I'm just an old fogey that doesn't get it anymore. You know, there are people decades younger than me that are into it, but nah, man, it's really, even with AEW and all these other things that we're kind of trying to compensate for the shittiness of WWE, it isn't working, man. And uh, it's too spotty. There's not that much selling. And I think Ring of Honor, for me personally, is probably the best company right now. I think that in the three weeks that they've done, I've seen two, I haven't seen this week's yet, but in the last two weeks since they've returned, that's pretty much the best wrestling I've seen in 2020. So far, New Japan, which we're also going to get into the G1 briefly because there's not that much time in the focus this weekend is going to be on NXT. Also, I would say my my number two, we're back to my number one and number two being Ring of Honor and New Japan and WWE and all the other shit is underneath, uh, which is where I started this show. If you guys recall, I believe my fifth or sixth, even my eighth episode, I think they were New Japan episodes specifically and uh Ring of Honor final battle episodes. So when we came into this, my top two brands was Ring of Honor, New Japan and as we got different people in the shows, apprentices and followers and certain panelists and co-hosts, I sort of handed off those uh, shows for them to cover so that they could get the exposure and learn, as well as for me to focus more on the mainstream, since that's what a lot of our listeners slash viewers were tuning in for. But now getting back to my roots, I really feel like I'm the Ring of Honor New Japan guy again. 
Uh, I do, I did manage to find it while I was talking here. Do want you guys to get a little taste of how their video promos and everything are looking. I am one half of the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions with my buddy Jonathan Gresham. I am the franchise of Ring of Honor Wrestling. I am Jay Lethal. I've been wrestling for about 19 years. 13 of those years are with Ring of Honor Wrestling. Uh, I started here in 2002. Up until that point, much like any young punk, I thought I knew uh, a lot more than I did. Uh, looking back, I knew nothing, but Samoa Joe saw something in me that he liked. He taught me almost everything I know about wrestling, both in the ring and out of the ring. Now, the tough part about that was a lot of his teachings were through tough love measures, which toughened me up, of course, and I, man, I wouldn't be the athlete uh, that I am today without Samoa Joe. I got into the wrestling business, into Ring of Honor, at the perfect time to learn from these guys. It's the tool that I have above most of the people that I step into the ring with. There's been nobody who's had the Ring of Honor pure title more than once. And I get a chance to do that. I get to make history by becoming the only ever two-time Ring of Honor pure champion. I mean, the first time I won it, I was only 19. I can remember defending that Ring of Honor championship at 19 against guys way ahead of my league, way out of my league, guys like Spanky. Uh, I, I defended Ryan it, uh, unfortunately, unsuccessfully against guys like Samoa Joe. It was all a, one giant learning experience. Going into this tournament as well, I, part of me is like, well, do I need to, you know, reinvent myself? Do I need to try and figure out a better way to... No! It'd be ludicrous for me to change up anything that I'm doing because everything that I have done has gotten me to this moment. My strength relies in the experience that I've uh, cooped. So yeah, that's, uh, I don't want to run the whole promo here because they're kind of long, but that's just a general idea to give you guys of uh, the way these promos, it is so good. It is so excellent. The detail that they put into this, the same thing with Dalton Castle. I want to run a little bit of his stuff here too, so you can see, but I, you guys know I was always a big Dalton Castle guy. And I'm really good at it. I started wrestling early. I started at the age of 11. There's something about it I really liked. And as I, I kept progressing, Pee See, what I like is they're reintroducing everyone. It's like, almost like a Ring of Honor reboot. It still has the history, but they're reintroducing everyone. And they're reintroducing the, the brand and what it means. I was a county champion, yeah. NCAAs. I became a New York State champion. I, I've got two national titles in beach wrestling. I represent a Team USA. He has a lot he of credentials. undoubtedly one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. I also know this because I've wrestled him firsthand, and I've had victories, and I've I've had it handed to me. He deserves the respect that I have for him. He deserves the position he's been in. He's a former Ring of Honor world champion. So am I. But where we differ is Lethal is a former Ring too. of Honor pure champion. And I don't have that experience. So going in this with Lethal, I'm being cautious. But I'm going to be more aggressive than I ever have been. I know Lethal sits back on his heels, and I know how quick I am on my feet and how low I can drop my hips and step in. So once I get in there and I catch him relaxing, he's going to be going for a ride every three seconds. As long as I can keep my lungs filled with air, I will keep Jay Lethal's feet flying over his head. This tournament feels like... Yeah, so, like I said, uh, you know, this was really a privilege to get to watch wrestling like this here with this pure championship 
Uh, again, we can't spend too much time. I, I tell you guys, go to ringofhonorrhwrestling.com. If you can't find the other ones, you could ask around, ask your fellow wrestling peers. They might be able to get you links to somewhere you can see the old ones. You have to pay to become a member on that site to watch the old ones, which I also recommend if you want to support. But if you catch it in time, they put them up weekly. On the 11th was the first return, then the 18th and the 25th. So every seven days, you go back to that site and you look. You're getting free wrestling, and it's only 45 to 50 minutes. It's two. Uh, it's usually two matches. And it's so funny to be here in 2020 telling you guys what I used to say back in 2014. Any any longtime listeners will remember back, and that's what made this show so awesome. Back before watching indie wrestling was a thing, we were the only guys on here trying to bring exposure to it. And I was the one every week that was telling you guys to check these guys out that you're not watching on a regular basis in other companies. And I'm giving you that same exact link, the ringofhonorwrestling.com. Press watch, and then the video's right there. You can't miss it. You know, here we are. Everything's come full circle because we started. This is what the whole purpose of this show was. I was listening to a lot of other podcasts, wrestling podcasts at the time. And I noticed the only thing that was ever given exposure was the stuff that everyone was talking about. And we wanted to be the guys that brought light to things that were in the dark. And sort of we wound up doing the mainstream stuff, too. But now everyone's doing their own thing. So we're back to that. Jay Lethal yeah. versus. Uh, oh, go ahead, Dustin. Oh, no, so, yeah, pretty much. And I mean, it's crazy to think as long as that belt had been around, Jay Lethal pointed it out. And I wish you could have seen the look on my face that there's never been a two-time champion. Like, yeah. in well, a they, company well, where they, they multi-time merged them. Remember, champions they are, are really rare. Remember, they merged them when they when they did the retirement match. AJ Styles, I believe, won, right? And he merged the two, and that's how we got the Ring of Honor world title. Yeah. Yeah, so there was there is that. This was an interesting match. I like the fact that Lethal used two out of three of his rope breaks. He used one immediately just out of the habit of it, which is something cool that they would put in there. That's what a wrestler would do. You know, he naturally went for it. Uh, one was for submission early on, and uh, the other one was to kick out of the bangerang. And but it didn't matter, and that's another thing. I like it didn't matter because Dalton winds up getting hit by a lethal injection for the win. And I think it was very smart way to make use of the rules. We have these new rules. Don't immediately make them a factor in the first match and have the reason why someone loses be because they used all three rope breaks. Because it's something that they've just recently started using, and I know how wrestling fans think. I know that for that first match, everyone was thinking about the rope breaks after Lethal used the two. They were waiting to see how he was going to get Dalton to use the other two and who was going to have the last rope break, which is predictable. You're only thinking like that because WWE fucking programmed you to think that that's naturally what's going to happen because that's what they put in place. Very smart to have the rope breaks down there, emphasize the use, have him lose two, and that didn't matter at all because let's not forget the fundamental rule of wrestling. Shoulders to the mat. So I did like the fact that it was predictable. It wasn't predictable. The, the rope breaks didn't matter there. And um, Dalton felt that that's what was going to be a factor, which tells a cool story. He even talks in an interview about how this was made just for him because it's the wrestling. It forces you to do a lot of wrestling stuff, you know, And uh, but still you have to be cautious. Um, exactly. Yeah, Jonathan Gresham. Uh, ironically, that's Jay Lito's current tag team champion partner versus Wheeler, Utah. And... Uh, Gresham also goes over tapping, tapping him. Uh, and this is another interesting thing with a finish. And that's what I used to love about Ring of Honor. Just because you have a finisher and a signature doesn't necessarily mean when we see that it's a matter of whether you kick out or not. No one here did a predictable thing. Gresham winds up tapping Wheeler by essentially working his leg. And then he slams his knee repeatedly on the mat until the guy just taps out from the pain of having his knee repeatedly slammed. You never see anything like that anywhere else. You would have never known that that was the finish. It was a surprise and it keeps you on. That's fucking Ring of Honor, man. The way these matches work and the way they make you think about things that are happening and all of the motion matters and nothing in there is just wasted or garbage or you're asking why. The focus is what they're doing in the match and that tells enough of the story. 
You don't need puppets or ninjas or freaking terrorists or any of that shit. It's just clean, good wrestling. Again, I'm not going to go into detail. These matches are high impact, high transition. There's a lot of different things. It's not just rest holds. You know, there's a lot of hitting the ropes going over and under and around and stuff that I think you guys really owe it to yourselves to see if you're wrestling fans. Uh, any thoughts on Gresham versus Yuta before we move on to night two? I fucking love Jonathan Gresham. (laughs) It's kind of like you said, I love that he grinded him out until literally he quit. It wasn't just, oh, that's his trademark submission or something. It was literally, I'm going to rip your knee apart until you literally cannot take the pain anymore and you just give up. Yeah, and I think like that's, that's good. Like, that, like, that's an ass kicking for you right there. Yeah, because that's what keeps you engaged, and that's what makes you... We all know that wrestling, just like yeah. Avengers, is 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 a work, but that's what keeps you in the moment and in the suspension of disbelief. You're supposed to be, uh, you know, you're supposed to allow yourself, your imagination to take you into these matches and into what the, what the characters and the wrestlers are going through. And it's hard when it's so formulaic that what they're taking you through is more or less what you would expect. It's more believable that something like this would happen. And it, and it, uh, like I said, it just really made me happy to see it. And it, and I, I feel if, good about myself to know that I don't hate wrestling. Wrestling hates if me. If it was, if it was <laughs> WWE, we all would have known, okay, he's setting up for his finisher. And with this, it was like, no, he's literally trying everything he can until he gives up. And if exactly. it comes to his finisher, then he'll go for the finisher. Yeah. And, uh, that doesn't mean I, I think there's a place for the entertainment aspect of the way we were taught to watch wrestling and the way WWE does things. But I just don't think that it's, it's the only thing. And for me right now, I think I've had enough of it to the point where to be honest, I don't even know when I would want that again, you know, and obviously I'm still doing it. I'm going to cover, but if it wasn't first coming on the show and discussing it, I probably wouldn't be watching any of the main stuff at all right now. You know, there's like very little that I'm seeing that makes me feel like watching the current product. And I really feel bad that Ring of Honor exposed so many people to so much. And it was almost to their own detriment because a lot of people wound up following those people to these other companies that are forming right now. And in the meantime, they've kept a lot of the integrity of what keeps wrestling good uh, together. You know, yep. it's a like I said, it's a bit of a pain when I when I think about it. But yeah, that first match, very good, very good uh, as far as that goes. As far as the second match, all solid stuff. Jonathan Gresham, Wheeler, Utah. September 18th episode had David Finley against Rocky Romero, which uh, this is interesting. I can't really put too much out. Again, w- with time, the video package is great because it shows how David Finley, once again, is an understudy of Rocky Romero. He used to essentially be his freaking young boy. He'd carry his bags and wash his clothes. And uh, he knows him better than anyone and, and everything. And uh Basically, Finley winds up going over Rocky with the last shot, which essentially is very similar to like the, the I guess the Uchi Garoshi. And not always for anyone who's not familiar with, uh, Rocky Romero, just to give you somewhat of a bit of a visual, not exactly, but close. Uh, you could watch it for free. You could watch only the most current one, George. That's the unfortunate part. Um, the, if you want the archives, once it's a week old, if you want to get their on demand stuff, which is essentially like a network subscription. Uh, but I believe a bit cheaper than you would need it. But they always keep the current thing on the site for years, even back when they were on HDNet years ago when I was doing this. There was always where you could go to the site and watch it in peace. It's so funny that a lot of people's excuse for not watching them is because it's only on the site. Yet most of the people who watch wrestling are part of the IWC, Internet Wrestling Community, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, and are, are intaking most of their fucking content through the Internet. 
even more so now even more so in the six years we've been doing that now there's no excuse for people to use that but it's on the internet when you're watching netflix and hulu and amazon prime and disney plus and all this other shit just watch ring of honor you know i don't get when people their logic is that it was on the internet maybe that made sense when we started doing this because we were ahead of the game with uh the on-demand services but now that's not an excuse but again david finley rocky Romero, any thoughts oh god i missed these two i mean i know this was actually Wow, I think maybe even the first time I've seen David Finley in ROH, because I, well, I always see him in New Japan. So I was always a fan. Uh, I, I don't think I can't remember the last time I've even seen Rocky Romero wrestle, but this match was fantastic. This match was absolutely all over the place. I literally, there wasn't a bad match when he came to this pure tournament. And this was one of, this was one of, I almost say one of my favorites, but yeah, it, it was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Good stuff there. And uh, yeah, Impact is on Twitch and they're also on Pluto. By the way, guys, if you have an Xbox or you're an Amazon Fire Stick or almost any device, even a phone. Even, even, yeah, about, you beat me to it. Even a phone, there's an app for it. Search the app Pluto, which is live television. It's live internet television. Impact has a 24-7 channel. There's 24-7 MMA channels. There's Comedy Central. You could run it right on your game console or on whatever you have and you'll find wrestling on there. You know, you'll find all this stuff. You find all this plays ROH too? Yeah, they have an old Kung Fu flick channel on there. Um, like, I pretty much use it for background. Like, if you're not someone, if you're a cord cutter and you're not using uh, straight-up cable for your stuff because you have specific subscription-based content, it's great if you just want a background live streaming thing. Or sometimes you'll find a movie or something on there that you're interested in that you, you wind up being into, you know? Uh, the final match, because we're not going to go into this week because we just kind of, we only warned you guys last week that we were even going to be doing this, but the final match we're going to talk about will be Delirious against Matt Seidel, which it was also cool to see Delirious, who's like the head booker of Ring of Honor last I checked, back as a, uh, I guess as the character Delirious, and it wasn't really Every the- Every time f- I see him, it's good to see him, because he looks good. Like- yeah, but it, it was interesting because even with him being essentially retired, I would think, it was like a different take on the Delirious character because it wasn't the fun, loving Delirious and the comedy at all. Like He seemed like it was like with a bit more malice and a darker version of him. Uh, who wasn't there to be anybody's buddy or get a pop out of anybody, you know? Um, and, you know, he goes into his history with Matt Seidel and everything. And uh, that being said, he taps to his own move, which I thought was interesting. His finisher is the Cobra Clutch and, and uh, Seidel taps him there. I, I think that's a great honor that he was able to do something like that. Uh, maybe he didn't. Yeah. He did it. You don't see that very often, but he could have done it because of the fact that he's not going to be a regular wrestler. I never thought that he would be. And like he gave it to someone who maybe they have like a relationship where it means a lot. I mean, they, they, he did talk about the fact in yeah. that storyline how the two history. of them have gone up together. And he, he, I thought it was a very interesting finish. Again, this is an unpredictable, you never would have imagined it finish. This is what I love about this company. It's almost never that someone gets hit with the finisher. If it ever happens with the finisher, it's because it looks appropriate and it works for what's going on. So, um, again, I really enjoyed this. I hope you guys watch the September 25th episode, which we will be talking about next week. And every week thereafter, I'll be watching Ring of Honor from now on. Uh, also the G1 happened, obviously we're like four or five days in, I'm going to give you guys time and quite frankly myself to catch up a little bit. I do want to talk briefly about certain things that happened in the G1. Uh, I'll talk just a little about night one and I will tell you the two blocks, which are a block consists of Kota Ibushi, Jeff Cobb, Kazuchika Okada, um, Tomohiro Ishii, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takago, um, Minoru Suzuki, um, freaking Taichi, Jay White, and, and freaking Takahashi, uh, Tokyo Pimp Takahashi. Uh, B block is, um, Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, 
Hiro, Hiroku Goto, um, Toru Yano, Yoshihashi, Naito, Sonata, Zack Sabre, Kenta, and Evil. Uh, the taping of, of a lot of you probably already saw, but the taping was September 19th, 2020. This was day one. Uh, you had, well, do you remember all of the, the, the matches? I'm going off of memory here. You had, I got, uh, I got, a, I got a few of them right in front of me. Okay. Well, I know we had Yujiro Takahashi against Will Ospreay with Ospreay, uh, hits the Stormbreaker. This was a very short match for a return match, the very first match with their crowds are back over there. So it was interesting. We have the first wrestling we're seeing with a full crowd. Um, you, You'd rather review Impact, not RRH. Um, yeah, you're going to have to find another host for that or if someone wants to call in. <laughs> if one of you guys wants to call in just to talk about freaking Impact every week, you're welcome. I'll open the line, whether it be Discord or, or Skype or whatever platform you want to use. I'll ho- happily do, but I'm, I'm wrestled out as far as um, things I'm going to say. I'll bring up important things that come up there, though. If you ever guys wanted to talk about it in general, you could. Like, um, I, I watch Impact regularly, and yeah, I'm not putting that above RRH. <laughs> Uh, you had Jeff Cobb against Tai Chi, which I have to say, I missed this. I never get tired of this guy coming out singing his song. It's such a condescending yet cool thing to do. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Cobb looks great. Yes, he looks like he's built out of a brick now. He no longer looks like a... Damn, Stasis did it early now. I forgot the name of the guy, and I reminded her his name. That guy in NXT, big, big stocky oh. guy, British. Big you don't remember him either. The one that's feuding with uh, Balor right now. Oh. They still don't even know. Ah, was it the... Cause I, I, I How many stocky guys? Guy Bronson Reed, man. How many fucking stocky Bronson guys do they Reed, have uh, there? He's not even feuding with Balor. He's just there. Well, he's kind of there. But, you know, he Balor sent a message to him on social media recently talking about, like, you know, how he kicked him. He kicked him in the chest back in 2008 to motivate him and it still worked or some shit like that. I believe that was the Bronson Reed. I could be wrong. I just skimmed over it. This, is, this, this isn't on the program. I have no idea. But anyway, uh, yeah. I digress. Uh, Jeff Cobb looks in better shape than he doesn't look stocky like them where he's built out of muscle. Now he looks like there's a lower percentage of fat on him. Every, uh, every time I see him after, after a long time and not seeing him, he's in better shape. Uh, now that being said, uh, I believe Tai Chi goes over with, uh, what's, what's the name of his finisher? The Flag Mephisto, is it? Flag Mephisto, I believe, yeah. Right, right. These were really short matches. Like there's only 45 minutes into the show at this point. And also keep in mind that there was a young boy match before this that I didn't even, uh, bring up. So, you know. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii had Minoru Suzuki and what you would expect. Suzuki goes over. This was very hard hitting. This was one of those strike forearm matches, power hit matches, running, hitting the rope, big boot, hard striking matches with oh, crazy yeah. suplexes and everything. Loved it. Uh, again, I'm yeah, uh, Suzuki as usual, gosh pile driver. Uh, what I liked, it was actually, well, I don't even, wouldn't even say like, but it, what it was interesting is they um had talked earlier about the fact that the crowds weren't going to be cheering like usual. They were more going to show their acknowledgement with claps. So when Suzuki got to probably the most famous part of his entrance and the crowd didn't sing along, it was weird hearing it that first time. Yeah, I noticed that too. They just uh they like they it didn't very bother there. me, but it was just weird. I still said I went Kazani. Yeah, you, you, yeah, me too. As it was happening, <laughs> and it's out of habit, but I, I kind of like, figured they weren't yeah, gonna. Even knowing. Crowd wasn't gonna say it. Yeah, well, they have their they have their mask on too, but they always have their mask on there. Uh, But but yeah, really cool. I'm really missed these guys. I didn't realize how much I missed all of this stuff, you know. And that's something that WWE would have been able to capitalize on too, is when they come back and you see everyone for the first time, just how much you missed it when the music is and they came through. Which I got that feeling from both RRH with no crowd and New Japan with a crowd was just happy to see everybody again. You can't, you know, it's like uh, I believe Cornette said, I can't miss you if you never go away. 
Exactly. You know, um, I didn't realize freaking Suzuki's fifty two. Yeah, and he's still one of the better guys to. I look forward to all his matches and stuff. He still what a looks cool, terrifying at yeah. fifty two. What a cool character and wrestler, right? Like, how great is it to have stuff like that? It just works organically. You yeah. know, so it's gonna be fun to see what happens with that with that tournament. You also had Jay White against uh Shingo Shingo Takaki with Jay White going over. I'm so sick of uh even during the match him and Ghetto doing the too sweet and everything. Like, please bury it, it's like my a god! Really obnoxious one, like just. Haven't you learned anything from when the NWL thing happened? Like, doesn't anybody remember that last year of Nitro back when everyone was busy watching Austin and Rock kick the shit out of each other and you turned to Nitro and you had Stevie Ray, Booker T's brother, and Virgil and the NWO together with, with uh, who else was there? Booker T, Virgil, I can't even Nobody remember. Nobody remembers. And, and that's everybody the, tapped and out. That's the shit part. Can you imagine that the NWO that was left, the top two guys, I remember being Booker T and Virgil and can't remember much after that. Then the NWO 2000 with Jeff Jarrett and Bret Hart. You know what I mean? It always, the, the more they did to it, the more, the, the shittier it became until they needed to stop the NWO entirely. Notice when Vince did the NWO over here, even though no one likes the WWE and the NWO, in his mind, the NWO was just those three dudes. Because look at how Vince booked that shit. It was those three guys that came out together and they were a team and that was it. He didn't look for Virgil or even or even Scott Steiner or Buff Bagwell, you know, or, or any of these dudes. So it's kind of like you're always going to remember the core members that made the shit popular. No one's going to ever think about Jay White and Ghetto being the fucking Bullet Club. No matter how long they keep that going, they should have named that something else. I couldn't imagine Finn Balor coming back to New Japan and two sweeting you guys. He'd fucking kill you. Even AJ. You know? Like, I, I just don't see... They don't strike me the way that any of the other Bullet Club... This feels like such a disconnected, loosely attached, desperate plea to keep the Bullet Club. And New Japan, I mean, as much but as then I mean... It's, mm-hmm. it's also partially because the guys who are gone, they don't even feel Bullet Club anymore. They're their own thing at this point. They left the Bullet Club behind. And now we have, who was it? Evil's part of it now, too, right? Yeah. I mean, the only members of the Bullet Club anybody ever takes seriously is, is uh, G.O.D. And then you got the, the fact that they always put like a like an American or a British, some sort of a white guy as the leader. Like the whole point of it originally was, though, that that's what it was. These gaijins coming into your country and they're all a bunch of rough assholes and you're trying to protect the way of your culture and your wrestling federation. It can't be that way if Ghetto and Evil are two of the main guys in it and the British guy, Jay White, is the leader. It doesn't have the same vibe that you're going for with this Gaijin invasion right now. It just seems like a bunch of assholes that I think would be better if they just relinquished the brand. You know, at the end of the day, the elite dropping the Bullet Club probably was because they saw the writing on the wall when they were like, you know, they looked at the Bullet Club. First of all, they weren't getting any of the merchandising like they explained, but it was also because the name was getting over overexposure. And they wanted to differentiate themselves from that before it jumped the shark like it did. So, I mean, I'm looking at it, man, and it's just kind of like that That kind of bothers me. I don't want to take away from the match. The match itself was excellent, but I just wish they would stop doing all of the fucking Bullet Club theatrics and too yeah, sweet. I mean, the, I mean the, the, the unfortunate part about it is, is their Bullet Club. The Bullet Club, the whole concept of the Bullet Club changed. They're going to be Bullet Club whether everybody likes it or not. It's just everybody else decided not to be. We decided, okay, we're going to go beyond Bullet Club. We're going to go be elite or just be our own thing. Yeah. Like being, being the Bullet Club in 2020 doesn't mean what being the Bullet Club meant when Bowler was there, Omega was there. That's right. why those guys still too sweet because they're only ever going to be Bullet Club. They're not going to be more than that. Right. But anyway, is there any other results you wanted to go through? That's that's a what did he say? That's BB Club. 
wow that's fucked but uh are there any res- other results you wanted to go i'm not gonna um, do the whole g1 right now just because again we're pressed yeah. for time we're trying to juggle a lot of wrestling i promise you guys i'll get to everything right now we did two ring of honors we'll do another one next week um, i think the only uh last one it was probably because it was one of my favorite matches from a block we had uh abushi the defending g1 champion versus okada and they kicked the holy bejesus out of each other mm-hmm I missed Abushi and his ridiculously high paint dollars. Yeah, that is really crazy. Like that, that a lot of crazy stuff happened, and and that's definitely a match that you guys are gonna want to see. Yeah, Abushi uh, wound up going over with uh, his Kamagoye, which basically, if you've never seen this fucking assassination of a finisher, he grabs you by both wrists and knees the soul out of you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> like this move. And what's so bad is that he didn't even take down the knee pad this time. That's how much of an assassination this move is. He basically took out the greatest IWGP champion in this company's history and didn't even take the knee pad off. Yeah, yeah that's brutal shit. And uh, I'm only going to talk about one other thing. I'm going to jump blocks for a minute because I know we mainly did a lot of A block stuff here. I want to talk about one of the things that happened on the B blocks. So it is a minor spoiler because Kenta has a match against Juice Robinson. Uh, Juice going over. Uh, but what was interesting about this match was Kenta, aka Hideo Itami, for those who remember his NXT run, hopefully you don't, uh, he mentions in his post interview, he shits a bit on NXT. And I just thought it was interesting, uh, to hear, you can tell that that shit rubbed they, him the they, wrong they, way. They, they mentioned, uh, NXT during the beginning of the match too. Yeah. We may never see him in America again after the experience he had. Uh, May. <laughs> ain't no May. He ain't coming back. Back in 2014, Juice and I were in the same company, which is the best company in this business. At the time, Juice was a different character and also I was different style. After a couple years, we finally met New Japan Pro Wrestling. To be honest, to be honest, this is huge. Even I, even I lost much. I don't care. It's a good story. But again, juice. Next time. I'm gonna pay you back, okay? I think, I think it's not important where you are. It doesn't matter wherever you are. The most important thing is what you are doing. At least we can be what I want to be. If you guys talk shit about my career or my wrestling, please do so. I don't give a fuck. Mm. It's my fucking life. Shit. Even I lost today. G1 Climax study is going to be my G1. Yeah, he's definitely left there with a with a chip on his shoulders. Because he's fucking get yeah yeah let's be real he has no real reason to come back here why come back here and be treating me yoga when he comes here he's a god almost yeah so 
That's and rough. I mean, I love that in night one, he literally called it in the air because he said he was going to he said he was going to tap Gato, Gato with the um, he's going to say he was going to tap uh, Goto with the game over and he tapped him with the fucking go- game over. Yeah, good for him. But yeah, I don't think that he wants to come yeah. back, man. They really they misuse him. He was a legend. He was one of the top Japanese guys and they just had him as like a side guy here. They don't know how to yeah. do anything. He has no actual reason to come back here. Like. Yeah, exactly. He, he can eat. He can eat lobster and not go back to Skittles. Like, yeah. But we're going to be keeping up with the G1 on a regular basis going forward. So you know, you can always listen in for us for stuff like that. Uh, all right. We're going to talk, I guess, a little bit about SmackDown. We got to wrap up really soon. But we're going to talk a little bit because we mainly really did the pay per view. But the main thing that didn't get shown besides uh on SmackDown, I guess, is the Alexa Bliss stuff. Is that the most important stuff we have to talk about? Was there anything else relevant? Yeah, that was really the only. Uh, that was really the only other big thing. Yeah, it was like the Alexa Bliss uh doing that thing. Which, by the way, I like her sister Abigail better than Bray's. You know, I hate to say it, but like she really lays that shit in. She she's committed to that. Look at the look in the eyes of Bliss. Look at the expression on her face. Alexa Bliss, as as confused as they come. And now stalking Evans. And again for the second straight week, Bliss delivers Sister Abigail. Anyway, so we're hearing the whole reason why uh, she had that stare down with Roman was because they're that's their way of indicating that they're not planning on keeping Bray Wyatt far away from uh, the main event. That's like I guess we were the the assumption is that's a foreshadow of the fact that somewhere down the road the fiend will be involved with the world championship scene and i'm assuming with roman so but i don't think that'd be a good idea unless he's a i mean i'm hearing that they were going to make him a face which i don't know how that'll work but we've seen weirder shit with mankind and undertaker but uh for a while we've been hearing they want to reinvent the fiend as a face so i'm assuming the roman will be the heel which that could work if it's done properly it's just you can also fuck it up you yeah. know, so we'll have to see exactly how they do. I don't trust the current team of creative to be able to do something <sighs> and make it work that well. Because normally when you got a hot guy that's a heel like Bray, you got to sort of make him into a tweener first. Yeah, know? I've always felt The Fiend was kind of the personality where it doesn't matter whether the crowd cheers for you or not. You're in his way. You're in his way. Yeah, well, we'll have to see which, how they which that's out. That's the only way I can look at it and actually enjoy it. But I was starting to think about it with uh, the Bliss thing. Because I know we had an issue with the fact that Lacey said The Fiend or somebody says Bray and she triggers. That, what we saw at SmackDown, almost gave me an indication that what they're looking at from a storyline percent, um, a storyline perspective is that The Fiend's permanently in her head. So yeah. that whole thing with Lacey was, okay, she's running her mouth. Well, snap. Like. It's almost like it's almost kind of like the Bobbity Vegeta thing, Hall of Fame, right? Where it's like he sorry, pulls the trigger sorry. at any moment. Yeah. Well, I was going to actually bring you to the next thing. That's what you heard me queuing up there. So then afterwards, the way Alexa Bliss was on Booker T's podcast and they did this thing here Hall of Fame right now. They want to know what the hell went down at the compound um, with Bray Wyatt. Hmm. Alexa, 
He's in like Alexa. a trance. Alexa. Alexa. Can't believe they sold the trance on the phone. Well, went down with you and the fiend. Wait a minute. I think the. Oh, the, the, oh sh. Uh, and, she's and, gone. And then she's it gone. went dead. Uh, well, look, I guess we, I guess we should wrap it up. So even using the Booker T's podcast for this, for this angle. They could, even, they, they could almost spin that as like, like okay, the fiend, it's, it's not your business, Booker. So, uh, Alexa, time to go. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we're leaving NXT for the end here. So let's talk about, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about with SmackDown that matter to you? Uh, that was really mainly it. Everything else just kind of rolled into the pay-per-view. Yeah, the Roman stuff with uh Jay was really good. I did like that. Yeah, promo. I do like, like um Jay saying, I, I, I basically in a sense he's tired of everybody pretty much saying, which one are you? Yeah, that whole thing. Everything with the Roman stuff was good. You guys already know it though because of the pay-per-view which we covered last night so i won't spend too much time on that stuff uh what else so let's just talk raw real quick because again we're gonna get to nxt stuff raw the main thing was you had hbk and flair and big show and christian essentially they formed what we called the new union you guys remember the union <laughs> i remember the union union choo, choo. and it had the fucking uh <laughs> who was in the original union it was ken shamrock ken shamrock mick foley um big show too. big show again and they all came out with two by fours because they were the people that got kicked out of the corporation. Mick Foley, Ken Shamrock, Big Show, and we're forgetting one. Who the hell was it? Come on, guys. Help me out here. Who's the fuck, fucking fourth union member? Because I remember they, they, they worked union into like a, it's like a, um. Oh, Test. It was symbol. Test. I just remembered it was Test. Yeah. And I remember they, they used to call it Up Yours. That's what it wound up spelling out, but union was part of it. Talk, talk about a flopped stable. You know? <laughs> That's worse than when, uh, when fucking Santino called his little shitty jobber stable the core, the, the, the apple because they were going up against the core. Stop. Remember that? We are the apple. We are the apple now. I'm like, is this fucking really happening? I'm so glad he's gone, man. I celebrate every day. I wake up out of bed. Oh, Santino's gone. I really fucking hate it. Not enough. I didn't like I, I really like believe it, that too. That's the best part. I fucking hated it. Oh my god. I feel, I feel I feel like I'm gonna come to New York, crash in your place at like nine in the morning. I'm gonna hear a Saint has gone. During that WrestleMania where Kane did the thing that he does, you know, that little stupid shit he does with his hands, I was pissed. And I've seen Kane do silly shit, but when he did the Santino, oh, <laughs> Kane. Yep, the gimmick's dead. Uh, I'm gonna again. I'm just gonna shoot off raw from my from my head here. We're not gonna do too much of a formal thing here. Oscar versus Zelina with with Oscar. Uh, the the one thing that stood out essentially, she deadlifts Zelina out of the headlock into the suplex, which was beautiful. Looks so good. Let's keep in mind Zelina's a little bit light, but they make it look good as well uh, with the way Oscar did it. Um, I did find it interesting coming straight back from commercial break after the match, and it's mid conversation too. They normally let a promo start from beginning to end, but it's interesting. We come back from commercial, and Andrade's mid shitting on Zelina, like he's coming down for his match, and he's talking to her about how she was basically a burden, and she was the weak link, and that look at her now without him, she's like he's uh, she's nothing without him, and she even lost twice to Oscar, and like uh, she's at the top of the ramp looking at him, like what the hell, and then she just kind of goes behind there. But you know, he's not flash forward like three minutes. he gets spirit bombed by Keith Lee. Yeah, he's not doing too good either without her because yeah, Keith Lee takes him out. Shitty music. You know, our uh, truth. He's has, and that's when you know they must be shorthanded on people because our truth's twenty four seven title actually gets more more. Uh, it gets a match, but before that, you get our truth playing chess with Invisible Jimmy, and then the ninjas bring him a telegraph 
from uh, a telegram from uh, Tozawa telling him that he was eaten by a shark, but it's all a ruse because Tozawa's right behind him and he only wins the title for uh, well, like a minute. So it's weird how this whole elaborate scheme to pretend you were eaten by a shark and everything only gets you the title for a minute. It was almost like a waste of time. And in the chat room, I said they managed to take this and make it stupider because they announced these guys were already going to have a match. Yeah, so it's like there's no continuity here. This goes back to what I said about it's easy to tune out to something that doesn't really have continuity. And don't get me, it's still fun. Our truth makes it entertaining, and even yeah. Tozawa was funny. But uh, I don't know. I don't. Know. We, it only works when uh, funny. Only works when the stuff around it is good. The reason why when you watch like the uh, or these segments just to see what truth is going to do. The reason why you can watch a good action movie or, or, or stuff like the Avengers and the funny is funny is because the other stuff around the funny is good. So when you get funny in the middle, it's like, ah, ha, ha, you know, that was a funny moment to break out from all of the other good action shit that we're getting in between it. But when everything's bad and then it's, there's humor, it's just like, ah, at least we got that. And you don't want to be in the at least we got that category, which is where they are, where it's like our truth is entertaining in spite of the shitty show that he's on. Uh, but the fact that he defended that title, what was it, in the triple threat? Or I don't even remember, it was him and Yeah, Zawa it was the triple threat because uh, it was him, Gulag, and Tazawa. Uh, that just goes to show that they're short of ideas and, and hands there. Yeah, uh, got TV time. Yeah, I'm I'm completely entertained with the Dominic Ali uh, Mysterio, with the Mysterio family coming out. I still want that intro where they all blast out of the sky together. Just, who's that jumping out the sky? Who are these guys? They they, they, they go have to get Angie ready for that shit. Yeah, you know, you don't want her to break her hip on the way down, you know? You, you, you Last uh, thing you want is for her to step on them hard heels and all you hear is snap, snap. Oh, shit. Yeah, but uh, what I think... And and then actually, no, Angie on the fucking intro. I've had 17 surgeries on my left ankle. Yeah, but they're they're there. uh, Who was interviewing them again during this? It was King. Right, Lawler's in the ring with them. And it's funny because when when Ali is giving her uh, her opinion on on Murphy and how he's not that bad, I, I jokingly said like like freaking Ray was hovering over her like Navi does to Link in Ocarina of Time, like he was right behind her, like hey hey listen listen and uh, <laughs> like I said for for a moment there Ray truly was a high flyer like literally like he was right above her head fluttering and uh like I said it was just crazy to me that uh he put his hands on his hips like a dad like when because Rollins comes out he earlier in the match he's doing the buddy pal thing early in the night he's doing the buddy pal thing to Murphy but it's really to get Murphy's phone which I don't know how he would have even known that Murphy was going to leave his phone but sure he, he we'll go with it he, he but the sad part about it is I wish I could tell you the phone was part of the plan. No, Murphy just so happened to leave his phone. And just but that wouldn't, record, but Murphy, that wouldn't make any sense. Because, but that wouldn't make any sense because Rollins acted like he was up to something. And there's no way for what he to have been up to have been to get the phone because he couldn't have known it would be left there. So that leaves what would he have been up to if not that, which leaves nothing, which is weird. It was like it can't be both. It could have been that he happened to leave the phone or that Rollins was up to something. You should have had him pickpocket the phone or something if you really wanted him to walk onto the scene with that up to something attitude. So that just made that strange for me. But anyway, either way, Rollins winds up with the phone. He shows up on the Tron and he puts up screenshots of the fact that Murphy and uh, Aliyah Mysterio have been texting each other, which means that there is something going on because they have each other's numbers and she's confiding in him. And uh, yeah, apparently that's where this story is going to go. And later on, Dominic has a match against Murphy. And uh, Aaliyah comes out to defend them, and this costs Dominic the match, and she's doing the whole, he's not like him. You know, this is pretty soon going to be uh, a love storyline, you know. And like I said, uh, 
I jokingly said in the chat room, like that the good news for Ray is that you are the father, despite what Seth says. But the bad news is that you're not the guy she's going to be calling daddy. So, you know, and then I jokingly said, maybe we should have a sister on a pole match, but it might be too late for that. You know, so. uh, And it just got worse. worse. Whatever. She, she's, she, she's, uh, she's legal. So, I mean, they put her in the story, not me. I'm just a fucking observer here. Fuck them. You know, uh, I know there's so many people on social media. He's 19, he's 32, yeah. and I'm like, it's a storyline. So that's Shut gonna up. be fun. I'm enjoying this. Dominic's great, and the whole story has me interested. When I see it, I stop what I'm doing, which is putting together this program to just get into it because it's fun, and we joke around in the chat, it's which so makes good. it more His fun. Promos are getting better too. They're feeling more natural. Yeah, uh, Mandy Rose almost killed Lana in that match for some reason. Now, what's the new tag teams? Well, we have Lana and Natalia who've already established, and they put Mandy Rose with Dana Brooke. Uh, that's not good because I keep hearing that they didn't know what they were going to do with Mandy Rose after they drafted her. And to me, putting her with Dana Brooke is living proof that they didn't know because they don't do anything. And then with Dana I love Brooke. how they, pro- I love how they promote a draft and it's like, hey, we snatched up Dana from SmackDown. What? Just before the draft, you know what I mean? It doesn't really make any sense. But Mandy Rose, she nearly kills Lana. She does like a overhead was supposed to be a belly to belly suplex i guess or an overhead i forget what but she doesn't almost doesn't get the rotation she even checks afterwards to make sure she didn't fucking murder her you know that this is dangerous i don't get it i don't know what's going on but it just feels like there's there's not a lot of training happening or some shit um but whatever that was that was the match i don't even remember who won that's how little i gave a shit about this match i'm assuming that uh, all right because remember cool had to fit in the bathroom that's what happens when you team with lana you know, he said that, that's that's exactly came out there devoid of logic. Big cap. That's exactly what happens when you team with Lana. You get jobbed out, and it's kind of like, but no one's ever teamed with her before. So it's just an exactly. interesting. And somehow the confusion was he met Natty. It's like no. But then at the same no. time, when you when you say that, like Natalia, it's not to say that before Natalia was put with Lana that she had like a great run. She wasn't doing anything. She wasn't and even featured on-, on TV. The only difference now is that she's jobbing, but at least she's on TV. She hadn't been doing any feuds. To, to me, the Lana thing got her more exposure. And, and then on top of that, when she was, because she, she even tried to, re- he even tried to reference you, remember the Divas of Doom? The Divas of Doom were jobbing. Yeah, pretty much. So in other words, shut your face. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let me see. Was there anything else? There was an Orton thing at the end, which became quite obvious that they put all of these legends in a room together. Orton's going to get get revenge. And I'm thinking to myself, how? Because even though he's Randy Orton, he can't fight HBK, Ric Flair, Big Show, and Christian, the new union. <laughs> You're going to take out the new union on their debut. So basically, and this is what they do. Orton shows up and I'm guessing those were night vision goggles. Those had to be the corniest looking night vision goggles. Were they even night vision? They're pink tinted, shitty, cheap night vision goggles that he got off of uh, 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 of what? Where did he get these things from? You know, he, he got those on the dark side of Craig Loose. Yeah, they look like shit, but he comes in as funny because they don't immediately jump to their feet and try to attack him. He has enough time to come in, close the door, stand there with what's clearly the weapon he's going to use in them, turn the lights off, and then give us a fake sound of chair shots going off, thwack, 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 and then everybody's gone, and he's out. He came in dressed as a fucking garbage guy, you know, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> he's got it from Wish. <laughs> What's that, uh, what's that geek website where they have interesting stuff like crazy lava lamps and stuff? And I always forget the name of it. Think Geek. Think Geek. There you go. That's what he did. He went to Think Geek for his fucking night goggles. You know, he would think, think Geek. That's show enough where I got that Game of Thrones go. <laughs> well, you probably I'm wouldn't so get, bad. if you were going to go take out four, four legends, you probably wouldn't get your night vision goggles from there. And it's funny that he would know to have night vision goggles on such short notice. Like, how would you know that they'd be in a room where you would need night vision goggles? Did you see that they were in that room and then decide to run out quick? And at that time, where did you buy them? 
Did you just have them on you? Do you keep night vision goggles around? Because it would be strange. Eight at night. Night vision goggles that you didn't need to order. You know what I'm saying? Nice job. We sell an ambulance match by having the guys show up perfectly fine 24 hours later. Yeah. And you know what? This doesn't make Drew McIntyre look that good either because they got McIntyre out there thanking all these guys because he literally couldn't have done it without them. And it's, but it's not just to me the problem that he couldn't have beat Randy Orton without them after beating Brock Lesnar, but it's also him beating Randy Orton in their eyes is apparently a bigger milestone than him winning the world title because they celebrate it like it's this big epic thing. You would think that in the pay-per-view he went in as the challenger and that he won the title for Orton and it's a big thing, but no, you've been defending the title for months and now defending it in yet another defense against Orton because it's not the first time you beat him you're having this big inaugural celebration about how you couldn't have done it without the legends you did it before and you're just defending your title that's what you do when you're the champion I've never seen a champion defend their title and have a celebration like that's how badass Orton is that that you defended your title against him and it's considered like you hit puberty this is like your quinceanera you know and you see why I didn't want them to give Orton the title just for them giving it edge at Wrestlemania they can't even get this right you know, like, why is he so, oh, I couldn't do it without you four retired legends basically fucking running the match. We needed practically a whole team out here. Didn't do it for me. All right, I think I should have done Raw enough unless there's any matches. I probably skipped other things in there. Oh, yeah, Mustafa Ali made his return, which I'm surprised they even let him because he's always vocal on Twitter. Every Monday during the show, I kind of ignore, but he's always on there tweeting, essentially implying how fucking angry he is that he hasn't been used, which might actually be why they took their sweet time and twiddled their thumbs. You know, his hair loose like that. He looks like an Indian Matt Jackson now, you know, with the way with his outfit and his attire. It's like Indian Matt Jackson. Super kick party. <laughs> just, a, just an observation. Well, no, he's very Americanized. You can't give him that accent. How dare you? Okay. you know, okay. but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, they put him in there. I don't know what's going to happen. Cedric Alexander wasn't there because he went to uh, he went to freaking beat down clan school or uh, hate, hate business, hurt business school is what they said. Hurt business camp. Which I don't know if that means that he has something or what exactly is going on there. Another sprained ankle. Yeah. Uh, the main event to this, which really mattered close to nothing, was Bobby Roode making his return. They have to have Ziggler come out first to trick us. And then a surprise because I forgot they were a tag team. That's how relevant they were. So I had to think for a minute why Ziggler would even be out there for Bobby Roode. You know, it made more sense to me when the fucking New Days introduced the Hardys at WrestleMania than when Ziggler was out there introducing Bobby Roode. And that was a partner, but that's how little that run meant to me. And uh, yeah, you know, Roode's there. He looks good. He had a good match. Um, That's about it. There's not really much more that I can say about that. Yeah, It's kind of funny. Stace has mentioned uh, no Raw on the ground. It's yeah. because there, there was virtually nobody there to have it because so many yeah. people are sick. There's so many people sick. We can't even do a Raw on the, on the ground. We couldn't do a retribution. Most of the stuff that they were working on with all all the good stuff too I, at least for by their definition good you know the bailey stuff with that a lot of it isn't done i did notice though that when they put out and i, I give naya credit because she does whatever the hell she wants recently they did a thing where they put her graphic out and she didn't like that it was airbrushed and graphically enhanced so she demanded they switch it and instead of punishing her like they do to anybody else they switched it for her and uh when they put out that thing there they said that naya Shayna, and uh who was the other people they named Nia Shane, I believe, and Nikki. They said that they're not medically clear to compete. I think they might have just threw names. Like, for example, if you have four people and two of them that are in a match together have COVID and the other two don't, you would just say that the four are not medically cleared. That way you keep people guessing about who has it and who just isn't in it because their other opponent's not going to be in the match. That being said, that might be what they did. And what leads me to believe this is right after they put the announcement that Nia and the others aren't medically cleared to complete, she replied right under it and put lies. And it was just like, wow, number one, that takes balls. Number two, I guess what you're, you're pissed off because you don't have it. 
but your match was canceled and now they're saying you're not medically cleared and i know how defensive she gets on social media so she just put that out there to clarify that it's not her fault you know what i mean lies i'm not one of the people not medically cleared i don't know why they're saying that to me i just noticed that that was something that happened i wasn't even going to bring it up but i just thought it was an interesting uh thing that happened you know yeah so uh you know there you go there is pretty much uh all of the stuff in a nutshell that has happened recently with uh wwe right as far as uh, everything yeah. about NXT, we're super late, man. I want to get the hell out of here. So now, finally, at the end of this, let us deal with what is NXT, okay? Uh, I'm going to just talk briefly about the weeklies, just enough to get you guys into what was happening here. You had Candice LeRae pulls the Tanya Harding. Told you I wrote a Tanya Harding joke, which was what funny how Nancy Kerrigan came out <laughs> on the thing. She pulls the Tanya Harding here, Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, because she adds insult to injury. Like, she fucks up... Uh, Freaking, what's her name? Tegan Knox's uh, knee. And then she drives a cart into it afterwards, which now we know they were writing her out because she really does have problems with it. Um, They had a women's battle royal match that did nothing for me because it literally felt like a dick measuring contest between Ray Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez because a lot of it was just them counting how many people each of them was eliminated. I like Raquel, but this was just too plain for me. They wind up eliminating each other, so at least they weren't the focus of the opportunity. Uh, Candice LeRae is the one that goes over with that. So she's the number one contender, obviously. Uh, the Hell in a Cell, uh, thing that was gonna, that was, that was going on that Casey Cantanzaro, you know what I'm talking about? Like it's, it's sort of like, uh, I mean, not the Hell in a Cell, the, the high wire act that she was doing during this oh, entire yeah. thing where it was kind of, I don't know why I said Hell in a Cell. I guess I'm thinking about the favorite, but the, but the high wire act throughout this, uh, throughout this battle royale where she's kind of like she pulls a Kofi like three or four times oh look she's not eliminated she's back oh look she's not it's like, like that we, we know she was on the American Ninja Warrior like stop it already stop that I'm not entertained by that shit like that's silly to me that you have her doing all this dumb shit um, but anyways that comes down to Shotzi Blackheart and Candice and then Candice winds up tossing Shotzi from the steel steps and, and uh, she becomes the number one contender for Io Shirai at TakeOver this upcoming Saturday and uh let me think anything else. We had that Sherlock Holmes thing. What was that? Fandango? He makes these weird stipulations. Uh, I don't know why Fandango's allowed to make stipulations for his tag titles, but basically it was weird. It's like you got four guys. They're two tag teams. One person in this, it, one person from each team and the team that wins will then face each other with their tag team partner. And then the winner of that fights the champs. I don't know why they did that. Hopefully I explained it in a way that you understand. Um, but this yeah. is the re- this is what they decided to do. Uh, for whatever reason, they decided to kill off Jake Atlas. Uh, after Champa nails Atlas with Widow's Bell, uh, he doesn't cover him and instead he hits him with the fairy tale ending. And then, uh, he basically then he even he's vocal about how no one's coming to save him now and it's too late, which is kind of some scary shit to hear after you take two different signature moves from a guy. Like, you're already, right. compl- you got hit twice with finishers. You're not going anywhere anyway. But now the guy's telling you as he picks you back up, no one's coming to save you. It was like, what did that guy do to you? Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, that sucks. That's something you would do to like a main hero character in like a bad comic book. It's like, nope, you're pulling this guy's corpse and no one's coming for you. You know, if he's even conscious at this point to hear you like, man, that sucks. He'll have nightmares about that shit for the rest of his life. (laughs) But that's what happened there. You know? And you know why he knew so he was so confident that no one's coming to save you because he knew that everybody else knew better. So he knew that you would be on your own. <laughs> Nobody that, else wants to be next week. So no one ran out there for your ass because what if they're next week because of you? You're going to have people moonwalking down the ramp to make sure that nothing shitty happens to them. They wind up getting hit from the other side. So <laughs> they just let you take that champ ass whip. And I'm sure everybody at catering just looked the other way. They were texting and looking down and, 
you know, acting like they didn't see it. Anyway, rip. Uh, who won that uh, that stipulation thing again? Remind me. Uh, I don't even remember the four tag guys. I, I oh, forget yeah, who. Was, t- uh, Strong and Birch. So basically, what happens is now uh, I believe it's going to be Strong and Bobby are going to go head to head with Brodan Brawlers, and yeah. though and the winner of those two teams will get a tag title shot. And that's this Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I believe this, that's this coming Wednesday. Yeah, so we probably don't have that on the polls yet because there's no way for us to know who is going to be the team. I should have put like a maybe type thing, but I, I didn't. Um, I don't yeah. know. You could we'll, we'll, we'll see if they update it on Wednesday and then we'll have that figured out. Let me look real quick and look at what we have for the uh, the NXT. If we have anything up there for the tag title match. So we got Kushida, the women's title, the American title, and the uh, NXT title. Nah, we don't have anything up there for the uh, the tag match yet, unfortunately. We should, though, because we do know the three teams, right? Oh, uh, yeah. When, when it comes down to it, it's going to be Fandango versus either Undisputed Era or Lorcan Lor- 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 and Birch. All right, so I'll tell you what. I'll do something I've never even done here before. I will edit the poll in real time, and I will give you guys that match with the three things. It's going to be sloppy until I get to a later, but I'm putting tag match. Repeat me those things again. It's Fandango, Brizango, right? Yeah, it's going to be Brizango versus either Undisputed Era or uh, Lorcan or and Birch. Okay, so we're going to pop that right here, Lorcan and Birch. I'll go and clean it. If anybody looks and sees it sloppy or misspelled, fuck you. Okay, we're doing this in real time <laughs> here, you know, which is something we normally don't do. There's no image or graphic. I just wanted to make sure everyone doesn't have to go back to vote for something there. The three teams are there just because you don't know who's going to win, so keep that in mind. Uh you can refresh your poll pages and that'll be like on the very top of it now uh, when we when we do get to that. That being said, is there anything else uh, to talk about with NXT? Uh, the only thing I guess would be the uh, the gauntlet match, which Kyle O'Reilly goes over to become the number one contender. He taps out Trevor Lee, Cameron Grimes to the heel hook. Uh, they said that Bobby Fish, he, he from competing and kickboxing or something, he has a minor injury. This, has, this is not COVID related. That's why the only other two undisputed era members out there to congratulate him. What the other guys are. Uh, Roderick and uh, Adam Cole. Uh, so we're going to see what happens. Kyle O'Reilly, remember, he became Ring of Honor World Champion. I was a big Kyle O'Reilly supporter. I was waiting for his main event run in Ring of Honor. He became World Champion, and then literally right after he became it, NXT swept him up. So I never got to see main event scene Kyle O'Reilly like I wanted to. Uh, hopefully now I'll get that opportunity because I always thought missed opportunity. I would have loved for him to have one Ring of Honor World Title run, then jump to NXT. But he won it, and then we just saw him hold it. So what a shame. So now we know it's doable for sure. You know? And when I think back, as much as I hate the name of Team Ambition, which was Davey Richards, and he took Kyle O'Reilly as his protege, and then ironically, Eddie Edwards. If anybody remembers the story of the Young Wolves, which were um Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Adam Cole, it was that basically Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards took basically two understudies. And uh, Eddie Edwards took freaking uh, Adam Cole, and Davey Richards took Kyle O'Reilly. Um, Kyle O'Reilly being the hothead and it was cool because it did sort of remind me like it was like a younger Davey and Eddie which is what made me sort of gravitate towards the idea of these guys you know and uh, now here we come uh, later on and Kyle O'Reilly who I thought would have a strong uh, just as strong of a main event uh, push in Ring of Honor as Davey Richards did you know which was sort of his mentor there Uh, we never got it so here we cool to see uh Dynamite did 835,000 viewers, 0.26 in the 18 to 49 demographic versus NXT 696,000 viewers, 
uh, with a point eighteen in the eighteen to forty nine. They're once again still losing. They're under seven hundred thousand, where eight dynamite's almost at eight hundred and fifty thousand. Um, you know, and then they even had a late night dynamite. They make the special hour version of the show to get more people onto it, and it comes on, I believe, after uh, is it after basketball? It's after the playoffs, I believe. Yeah. So they have it trade. They have it following the playoffs. They put on one hour, which that even did up five hundred eighty five thousand viewers. As a late night show, top, um, it was number nine in the top 50, uh, original telecast lists. And when you look at it, it was under, it was slightly over a hundred thousand less than the first time NXT aired. And that says a lot there. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Did we get that? Uh, did I manage to get that tag title thing in there or did I not? Uh, is it not in there yet? Um, let's see when the poll pops up. I haven't even taken a look at it. Like... Oh, you know what it is? I'm, I'm a moron. I might have, uh, I don't know. Did I put it on the, on the wrong one? I might have added that to, uh, to the wrong poll. How funny is that? And it's like, it happens. Yeah. I don't know. That's how many freaking polls we have. I think I might have added it to the old clash poll because I'm an idiot. (laughs) Somebody's like, (laughs) Kyle O'Reilly's on raw. No, no, no. No, not at all. Bad enough. We're running late and I fuck up the, uh, the freaking last thing. Like I said, I didn't think about the fact that there was a tag match. But, uh, yeah, now I'm once again doing it just in case it wasn't enough. Keep talking while I'm doing this so I can get this shit in here again. Yeah. But, I mean, it, yeah, it's going to be cool the fact that they're um exploring the singles aspect of Kylo Riley because people who have only seen him in NXT, they've only known him as a tag title, as a tag guy. But they weren't there when we watched him and Adam Cole almost kill each other and we watched him submit Adam Cole while he was lying in a pile of thumbtacks. So is Lorcan like, Birch, uh, Lorcan Birch, and who's the other competitor again? Remind me. Uh, it's going to be Lorcan and Birch versus Undisputed Era. Yeah, that's right. The UE. We were just talking about that. Undisputed Era. See, that's how late it is. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then the winners will get uh, a tag title shot. All right. Now it'll be on the poll for you guys. That way we have everything. Because don't forget this Saturday we'll be in the chat room active on twitch.tv. Oh, it's Sunday? They did move it to Sunday. Okay. Yeah, so it is yeah Sunday. they don't do Saturday takeovers anymore. Good. So we'll be in the chat room, twitch.tv slash talkbrunch. Uh, during the show, and then when it goes off the air, which I'm assuming will be around nine ten o'clock, we will do a poll show as always. All right, I'm linking you guys in the chat room, and it'll also be on the Twitter to everyone. I want you all to vote, please, because these polls are a pain in the ass, and it gives us a sense of what the you think. Least y'all happen. could do is vote. <laughs> I don't ask for money here. You know, we appreciate when you guys donate, but you know, we appreciate when you vote just as much. All right. So tag match. I know I wrote it like shit here. What do you see happening here? Lorcan and Birch, Brazango retaining or the undisputed uh, era? I would like to see, first of all, I'd like to see Lorcan and Birch get this shot because it's been a minute since they've had one. The last time they did have one, they did fantastic. Hall of Fame but, right now. Oh, they want to know. Didn't mean to do that. I'm Lorcan, you will interrupt me one more time. I swear to God. It was no, twice. I was trying to bring this up to the screen for you. <laughs> okay. I call him Macaulay Culkin, motherfucker. But no, um, yeah, I definitely see Breezango holding on to this one, though. It's still early in their tag title run. So I, I think th- I'm going to go no with matter, you on I that. Think that yeah. Say what? I think I'm going to go with you on that one. And even no matter who it is, it's just too early. It's only their second defense. So. Yeah, I'll go with Breezango on that. Next, we got Velveteen Dream versus Kushida. Uh, first of all, this is going to be a wild match. But I think... uh. Dream has not had a takeover win yet since he's been back. And this is it? This I think this could be it. I'm gonna go with you on that one too. Yeah. And it'll piss off the marks, so that's mm-hmm. fun. But 
NXT women's title. You got Io Shirai defending against Candice LeRae. Uh... I, I I gotta go with EO. Like they've given me no real reason to think Candace is gonna win this. So wait a minute, do you see no titles changing hands here? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because I would think if any title would change hands, if one had to, I would think I hate to say, but it would probably be EO's. You know, they put a lot into that Candace dark character. You know, she yeah. she just finished taking out uh her buddy. You know, I it's like it would be a shame. I have to go with Candace this time around. If she if she's not gonna get it now, she's not gonna get it. You know what I mean? I mean, it, I, I'd like her to get it. I just don't know if they convinced anybody of the fact that she could. Uh, no, they didn't convince anybody that she couldn't. They shouldn't because she's going to have to get it through underhanded means. But she's going to get it. That's if Eo doesn't kill her beforehand. But Yeah, I, I love Eo, but I just yeah. think that Candace with some sort of even Gargano interfering, you know, or something. It's going to screw her over. That's just my prediction. I could be wrong, it, but we'll it's, see. She, it's going to have to be something like that because... EO has already kicked her ass once before. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'll see if, if it happens. Yeah, if it happens. I will, I, I will gladly be proven wrong on that one. But Okay. All right. Next, we got uh, the NXT North American title. I even forgot Damian Priest has it. Damian Priest, that's right. Hot Tub Priest, right? Uh, Hot, Hot Tub, tub Priest. Priest. That should be his new gimmick. Hot <laughs> Tub Priest. We just called him that. Hot Tub Priest. Hot Tub Priest versus Johnny Promo, according to Balor, right? Um what do you see here? Uh, yeah, Pre- Priest is taking his head off. We, all right. So Gargano's not John, getting it Gargano's back. a champion, just hasn't been interesting. Because there's the theory of the couple, the power couple, where you know he's gonna have the North American, which is not exactly power, it's a mid card title, but he'll have the North American. Like both, yeah. both of them will leave with a title. I don't know. And still, with what the second defense, I think Priest has had. So yeah. All right. Um. That will bring us finally to the main event. You got NXT title Finn Balor against Kyle O'Reilly. What are your thoughts of this match? It's coming. So we've had Kyle basically be a tag guy this whole time. Yeah, we talked about the fact that he's had single success before, but it's crazy. It's another, it's crazy. The only case of a championship run I could see ending on this night is the one that's been going for a while. Because Balor just got this thing back. The last thing he needs is losing on the first offense at a takeover. Yeah. Like, if, not... like if you're going to make this run matter, first of all, it's got to be a fight, which is going to be. But Balor has to win this. I see that, too. I definitely see and they, that. And they haven't really built Kyle up much in the way where you when he would be convinced that he could take the championship. Yeah, but he would be a great champion, you know. And again, I'm not oh, yeah. really liking... Uh... I'm not really liking too much of what's happening with uh with Balor's runs. You know what I mean? Like I just I just don't find them that interesting. Like I said, it's subjective. It could just be me, but I'm just not feeling them. Yeah. You know. So you do you really do see him retaining though, right? Yeah, I, I feel like Balor has to retain this one. It does him no good if he loses on championship on defense number one. What about we the can't bank on this one? What about the rest of you guys? Anyone in the chat room that's not falling asleep? Because I know we're on here hella late, but anybody think it's going to be... Is everybody Balor here? Like, no Kyle O'Reilly whatsoever? I can't catch a break on this one. I think Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole would make a better feud than uh than Finn Balor. Finn Balor has nothing going on, man, you know? I mean, but then he just got this thing back. Like, he's for sure not going to have anything on. We just take it off him right away. He shouldn't have had it in the first place, you know? I mean, I'm just going to go with a leap of faith. I know it's unlikely, but I think just because Kyle sets up a better future thing with him and Adam Cole, 
Um, and so I've always been a big, I've always been a huge, you know, since the beginning, since his literally, oh, since yeah. he was a top prospect, I've been a big fan of Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Like I followed their whole thing. So I'm always going to favor seeing those guys elevated. And this is one of those cases. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And then we'll continue with the dry battle runs. That's fine with me. So that being said, you guys hit that finish survey button there at the bottom. You know, it helps move things along very greatly. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, right? I think we're done here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a long one. Sorry about that, guys. You know, there's pay-per-views every freaking week, man. You know, it messes up our Sundays, too. I don't think it's just you. Um, but, you know, there's some content to hold you over for the week. Uh, and that being said, thank you to everybody who hung out with us for this entire thing. Uh, don't forget, once again, Sunday during the pay-per-view, during the kickoff or whatever they call it, their pre-show, we will already be in the chat room. You can interact with us and discuss things with us there. And uh, it'll be followed by a post-show. So you'll be able to hang out there afterwards. And of course, throughout the week, uh, usually around 10, 11 p.m., you know the schedule. You can look at it on talkcrunch.com. You can see all of the other extra content that we do that's mainly Let's Play game streams. Uh, thank you to the people that have been live with us and hanging out the entire night. Idol Lara and King Quest, uh, Stasis Dreams, EB Gamer, Princess League, Cool Ice, Willie V2, George Z, Relic, Riot ENOR. Electrical Longboard, Saddest Kitty, Night Owl 9000, Arlat, MSDB88, First Killer, and anyone else that I missed, as well as those of you listening live that are lurkers, and those of you on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, um, Twitch.tv, slash Talk on Facebook Gaming, anywhere else that you have found us. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 410, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dower, aka Captain Brunch, for myself and Destin. We're out of here. Alright, now they'll go hunt some people in the dark. Shut it down!